0: What's up? Welcome to another episode of The Light. As always, I'm Scott Pearson, but this time, and as promised, I'm joined by the hilarious Detron Edwards, who you all got the chance to meet during last week's interview. Detron, what's up? What's good?
1: What's good? Turn it up! Turn it up! Yeah, I'm here. That's that's what I'm talking about. I'm I'm on. This is officially me every week on on you know on the podcast radio show. We're going to get it poppin', we're going to have fun, we're going to listen to hip-hop, and we're going to do some comedy here. And I, I heard you say internet. It sound like somebody old. Baby, you on the, you on the internet? You, 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 on, you on them drugs, baby? You know you know that boy went down there, and he bought some internet from, from them boys down there. You know, that's tweeds. <laughs> just, old, you sound like an old woman saying internet.
0: I'm <laughs> glad you asked me about that, man. And Honestly, honestly, that's a tribute to my grandfather, and I'm actually kind of surprised that you caught that. Because um, I tell you what happened, I was listening to the news the other day, and they were interviewing—I can't even remember what the story is about—but they were interviewing somebody about something that was on the internet, some viral video. And he asked, you know, about the internet, you know, and my head flipped around, and I started laughing. I remember, you know, not that long ago, my grandfather—I was on at his house, and I had my laptop open, and he said to me, "You on that internet again?" You know, and it struck me, you know, because the Internet is such a huge part of our lives, you know, on our phones, on our computers. I mean, it's what we it's 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 how we communicate now, you know, and the fact that he had no clue, no, no clue about what that meant was just so hilarious to me. You know what I mean? So I just had to find a way to fit that into the show as a tribute to him.
1: Uh, yeah, I did. I just found it funny you said the internet. <laughs> <It's like, laughs> boy, you, you on them internet? Yeah. <laughs> you know the internet It's the devil. You don't want the devil in your life. <laughs> 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 That's funny, cause it's, it's funny, cause there were some old people that used to sit up there and say that, like you know, mm-hmm. I, ain't, I ain't getting on that internet. That mm-hmm. internet is the devil. It don't bring nothing but no good at all. You don't need to be on the internet. Then <laughs> next thing you know, I'm on Facebook now. You got people. 70 years old, they're taking pictures with your shirt off. I know, man. I see it, <laughs> In the too. mirror. I see it. Who's, <laughs> whose grandfather is this trying to get naked for the internet? <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you right now, if you're a dude on the internet and you friend request me on Facebook or Instagram or, or you know, or, or go to any social media, social media website to friend request me mm-hmm. and you got your shirt off, I'm deleting you. I'm blocking you. You are not getting on my page or being a friend with me with your shirt off. That's like, that's like sitting up there and saying, yeah, I got a friend request from a dude named Cinnamon. Hell no. Nah. You're not getting on my web page. <laughs> hey, speaking of the interview, that, man, we got a great
0: response from social media for that episode we did together last week. The numbers through the roof. Through the roof. So I guess, I guess you really are funny. <laughs>
1: Hey man, I try. You know, to, mm-hmm. as as I spoke to somebody this past week, and uh, I said, you know, we were talking about it, and the, the best compliment you can actually do is to ask somebody to compliment you mm-hmm. or tell you what you did wrong. So I'm not ever going to say I'm the best. Mm-hmm. I'm not ever going to say, you know, I did good or I killed it. I'm, you know, I'm just going to ask you how'd I do. And the one thing that uh, they said was J.B. Smooth never sat up there and never asked anybody. You know, or told anybody he did good or he did this, he did that, he'd always get off stage no matter how big he got. Even though JB's big now, no matter how big he got, he still asked, you know, how'd I do? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the way I look at it. Let the listeners tell me how I did. And by the numbers jumping up, I guess I did pretty good. So thank all of y'all for uh, listening and, and uh, supporting.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, seriously, though, um, one critique that I got, and I appreciate all critiques, by the way, I mean, I think you know we're, we're in this to get better, regardless of, of, of how popular we think we are. But um, one critique that I got was the fact that I kept calling you debt. Even though you specifically said on like three different occasions during our interview that you prefer to be called detron. You know, especially since that's how you're being referred to as your career in the comedy business is progressing. So I'm gonna say right here on the air, publicly, Forget what the critics say. I'm still calling you (laughs) debt.
1: Well, I told you before, that's the the difference is is that people that call me debt actually knew me growing up. Mm -hmm. So that's the difference. I I accept those that that knew me growing up Mm -hmm. call me Mm debt. But those that call me debt, you need to know me. And I don't want to sit up there. And have people out in the public call me debt and don't know me because that creates a long conversation. And if you ain't had lunch yet and you had a night full of drinking, that that is that's a long conversation with somebody with stinky breath. You ever you ever smell somebody with alcohol on their oh. breath in sleep? Yeah. Their breath smell like like sink resin or or, <laughs> or 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 toe jam. It's just it's just not. Mm-mm. Good Lord, somebody, you know, somebody with stinky breath will wake you up. You don't need smelling salts for the rest of your day. Yeah. Somebody, could, they could suck the air out of your day with stinky breath. You can go out for lunch and somebody just, I'm just gonna have a salad and smoke a cigarette. <laughs> you like, oh my, do you know the oil and vinegar with a cigarette makes your breath stink worse? And you got to sit there for the rest of the day with an angry face on because their breath smell like crap. You like, oh God, man, and all you doing is thinking all day. You go home to your kids. You you know your family or whatever at night and you sitting there like you're just mad face on they ask you daddy what's wrong man this person today's breath really stung. I'm just thinking about how bad their breath stunk they can ruin your dinner it's just bad breath <laughs> yeah I definitely I definitely can I, I mean I've been there too
0: you know I can't even say that it hasn't been me on on one or three occasions. <laughs> But, um, oh,
1: without a doubt. Don't ask me to go somewhere and I've been drinking all night and you got to come to my house and knock on my door and blow the horn and I got to get up. I am brushing my teeth in the car. So as soon as I get in the car, don't ask me to say hello. I'll I put my finger like, mm-hmm, one minute. Let me, yeah, let me yeah. do this. Because if not, man, you're going to get a face full of just, oh, gosh. listen.
0: Well, I'll tell you, man, I'm going to do my best, you know, to honor your request and call you that's wrong. But I can't make any promises. I can't make any no, promises.
1: Mm-hmm. It's all good, man. You mm-hmm. knew me. You knew mm-hmm. me growing up, so mm-hmm. it's, it's it's
0: all good. All right, but th- you know, this week we're really excited to introduce uh, the new format of the show. You know, bringing new content and discussion that revolves around all things hip hop. You know, specifically important events from its history that impacted the culture and perpetuated the lifestyle. So that I mean, I know how passionate you are about history, especially as it pertains to hip hop. So I mean, I can't I can't think of anyone better to have these types of discussions with than you.
1: Oh, I appreciate it, man. Mm-hmm. I'm a, you know, real big history, bro. hmm And when I give them the history, I'm, I'm going to give you a little hip-hop history, a little black history, and possibly any current events uh, that may change history mm-hmm. on that day. So I'll give it to you as best I can.
0: Oh, I know you will. I know you will, man. That's why I brought you in this thing. We'll also, as you said, focus on important, you know, current events, including Critical Album, Mixtape releases, tour dates, you know, dope new artists coming out in the game, both underground and international. Uh, we'll do album reviews, but with a twist. I mean, we're gonna cover the heavyweights first. Uh, what I mean by that, though, is is those LPs critical to the culture, and you know, with a message that is still relevant to today's hip hop. You know, one of the things I hate, you know, and I'm guilty of it. I use it all the time, but I honestly I hate using it is the term real hip-hop. I get discouraged, you know, when I hear people use it because real hip-hop is still here, and it's still here, strong as ever.
1: Exactly. Mm -hmm. I mean, and and while we're talking about it, there's going to be times where we may agree or disagree with albums because I'm going to tell you now, I can't stand, you know, this little bubblegum rap stuff nowadays. I mean, old-school bubblegum rap, it was cool. Mm -hmm. But this stuff nowadays is just one hook, yeah. and a bunch of music constantly 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 so it's, it's, I I can't get with that yeah I feel
0: you we're gonna get into that though I mean that commercial shit you know some not all of it is is what it's always been and that's you know the vision of those big studios I won't name any you know that have a charismatic that put a charismatic but talented bow on it you know I won't I won't get into the agenda and all that and what that means. You know, but, but dope hip-hop, I mean, it's here if you know, if you just know where to look for it. You know, we're going to do, do interviews as we can book them with personalities and artists that we feel have something to say. Not just about the culture, but also the upliftment and sustainment of it. So, so as you can see, you know, we have some really special things planned. But um, you know, first things first, we have another big introduction to make, round. Uh, John L, he's a great friend of mine who I met during my days living in the Baltimore, D.C. area. Um, He's a native of Pittsburgh, lifelong card-carrying member of Steeler Nation. Um, I knew it. I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. That's why I tried to
1: hurry up and and, and get to the next point. And (laughs) Cowboy Nation stand up, yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) NFL season. This is what it's going to be like for the next nine months. I'm with it. But uh, believe me, believe me, that when I tell you, man, there's nobody—I mean, and I mean nobody—that exists on Earth that's a bigger fan of Jay Z uh, than John. I mean, we've had many deep discussions, you know, about not just hip hop, you know, but you know where he was, the, you know, basically decoding Jay's lyrics way before any of these books or documentaries on the topic were released. But we also had deep discussions about life in general. Um, he's going to be a big addition to the show, and I'm really excited about the dynamic that he's going to bring.
1: John, welcome to the show. We've had great discussions behind scenes. hmm we, uh, we, we crack each other up. Yep. I yep. mean, it, it's, been, it's been a good thing to mm-hmm. be behind scenes and actually before we uh, actually got a chance to have him join the show mm-hmm. and work together and, and put everything together and start talking about the segments and whatever we got to do. hmm have, have the conference calls and stuff I mean, Even though y'all talk a little too long on the conference calls For me <laughs> I, But uh, <laughs> I, I enjoy it mm-hmm. And I'm glad that uh, we all Getting together the only thing I say is you know You two light skinned brothers don't be sitting up there Going Hollywood on me and leave me and then I'll be On the air oh, holding, my, hold, holding my headset talking about excuse me Hello, uh, excuse me, hello? <laughs> And I'm sitting here by myself never that. <laughs> Just never with that. my mic in the face talking about, I think they coming back They went to the bathroom Yeah <laughs>
0: So. <laughs> never that, never that, man. One of us goes, we all go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, John L., a big welcome to the show. Uh, I look forward to the discussions that we will all have together, uh, but especially the insight that you'll bring in only the way that I know that you can. Uh, but who better to explain that to you all than John himself? Big John, what's going on with you? What's good, Scott? What's good? How you doing today, brother? Hey, I couldn't be doing better. I don't know if you heard, I'm sure you did. I'm sure you heard the last episode. I mean, Detron, you know, endeared himself to the listeners in a way that only Detron could. And he had, you know, some time, you know, to introduce himself. And we had a big reveal at the end of the episode that, you know, Detron was going to join the show. But I also said at the end of that episode that I had another surprise. So... Here we are, you're the surprise. One of the things that I can say is, I'm not sure that the audience is ready for what I call the John experience. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) You and I have known each other a long time, a long time, man. No doubt, no doubt. You know, I know you as Big John, you know, but just let's get this out of the way right now. What do you want to be known as here on the show? I want to make sure I get it right, right
2: up front. Uh, John, John L., you know, as you know, my full name is John Lee Smith in the 4th. Gotcha. I'm very very proud of that name. It has a lot of history. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I am the uh, fourth generation. Uh, My surname or my suffix on my name basically earmarks the generations for my entire family. I have a very, very big family. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, but people, you know, I don't want to just be known as John. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So people can just call me John L
0: got you all right so as you know you know detron and i we're from the same hometown morristown new jersey where are you from i mean i know personally where you're from but i want you to kind of explain that and what it means you know with respect to you know how how hip-hop influenced you so just kind of give our listeners an idea of of what that meant to you growing up you know
2: got you got you yeah i'm from pittsburgh pa um from two areas there actually because i uh Grew up on the north side of Pittsburgh uh, up until about the time I was about 12, 13 years old. Mm. And then from there, I moved out to uh, Coriopolis, PA and uh, pretty much lived there the rest of my life uh, until I moved to Maryland in 95. But uh, basically growing up, hip hop meant to me um, because, you know, when I was growing up, I lived, you know, especially the earlier part of my life, I went to all private schools and stuff like that. and. Um, so when Rapper's Delight first came out, you know, prior to that, you know, going to the, you know, school functions and things of that nature, it was, you know, rock music this, rock music that. Right. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like water when it comes to music. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, fit of, I fit the shape of the container. My, my, my music taste is very eclectic. Mm-hmm. But when uh, Rapper's Delight hit, man, let me tell you, I went to school the next day with the whole LP underneath my arm. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all, did. you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? And yeah. I was like, y'all ain't heard this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, it was basically just, it grabbed me from the very beginning because it, it, it felt it. I could feel that music, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Even though rappers are like, people want to, you know, look at it today as, you know, just some, you know, the springboard for rap, which actually it was, but, mm-hmm. you know, lyrical content, you know it doesn't get a lot of credit uh but you know there were some stories in there you know it was it was the first story rap if you will you know what i mean so it was just always one of those reaches that i can go to made me feel good i mean and then it went through the transformation that it went through in the 80s you know what i mean from the pioneers to those who started doing the crossovers started making it more worldwide started started making it more acceptable and and more you know households and things of that nature so you know, how, how the, as the music grew, you know, subsequently I grew as well. Mm-hmm. I moved out to Coriopolis when I was about, like I said, 12, 13 years old. So, mm-hmm. you know, rap was pretty much still in its infancy, but as we, you know, continued to grow and as rap continued to grow, I mean, it was the biggest part of our influence. I mean, ever before, you know, cause we played a lot of sports growing up. So, you know, bus rides to this game or to that game, everyone had on their headsets. And right. I had a real good friend growing up, uh, his name's Lee Smith. Him and I, we used to, you know, I had a double cassette recorder like everyone else did back in the 80s. Right, right. <laughs> and, you know, I used to put that, you know, that 90 minute TDK or that 90 minute uh, max uh, cassette in there. And we used to pause mix, you know what I mean? Yeah. On on that double cassette uh, tape recorder. And oh, we used yeah. to also Mm-hmm. We also have fun with uh you know he would bring up his radio and I would play my radio and we would try to sync up the uh, tapes at the right time so you create what's called an echo chamber mm-hmm. so <laughs> I mean we were we were definitely very experimental in uh, making our own little mixtapes back then and things of that nature so mm-hmm. I mean it was it was it was definitely a strong influence on all of us I mean the, the, how we started dressing you know the the slang we started using I mean everyone out there gravitated towards the same thing because it was pretty much a nice little small town and Mm -hmm. pretty much everybody there were, uh, you know, everyone's friends with one another. Mm -hmm. So we were sharing music and it just brought the you know, us closer together as friends and gave us something to, you know, talk about and bond over even more outside of the school, sports, and typical things that people usually bond over. Right. See,
0: that's how how important the art form is. I mean, it it took you know, large groups of, of people in various geological locations and gave them something common to talk about and and, and gravitate towards. I mean, that's how that's how important the culture is. And I, I got to tell you, man, I mean, when I when I first approached you about the concept of the show, you know, how it being our responsibility, you know, to kind of bring that back, to bring the message back, I think it's kind of gotten lost with some of the commercial stuff that's out there now, you know? And, and again, we, we've had deep conversations about this previously, but I, I'm not hating on, You know the music that's out now some of it's really you know some of it's good some of it i can't lie some of it i I actually you know listen to in the car and things of that nature but a lot of that message has gotten lost and the fact that i came to you and i asked you to join this and you said yes with no hesitation it definitely meant a lot to me what made you agree to this so
2: fast because hip-hop's in me through music i've always been able to find my center Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and you know growing up the way that i grew up you know what i mean and having the type of lifestyle that i grew up in especially early on in my life you know from my family and things of that nature to you know just what was going on around me um i was always able to escape into Mm hip-hop i was always able to throw my headphones on you know what i mean and just push the world out and get into some hip-hop gotcha you know even even from you know back in the day you know the ll's the houdini's i mean, one of my Favorite cuts from Houdini back in the day was Five Minutes of Funk, oh, yeah. <laughs> because sure. I could put that on while I was in the shower, and by the time I got out of the shower, mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the song was just getting ready to end, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, you know, I I took hip-hop everywhere I went. Right.
0: What is your go-to song? You get in the car, you're by yourself, you know you got a long drive. What What's up first?
2: Ooh, when I'm, when I'm about to take a long drive, and especially when I'm by myself, the first thing I put in is Jay-Z's Reasonable Doubt.
0: You're the biggest Jay Z fan
2: <laughs> I ever saw. <laughs> <laughs> I I I I am a big Jay Z fan. I am a big Jay Z fan. But uh, yeah. I mean, just because I think you know we're we're close in age and some of his early life experiences kind of mirrored mirrored you know some of my early life experiences as well, mm-hmm. and just his the way you know he i i like the way he puts things down mm-hmm. you know what i mean and so i can always gravitate to that but you know like i said i, I kind of slapped hip-hop on the ass when it was born <laughs> so you know if if it's not going to be some jay-z it's probably going to be some run dmc um, um um i'm definitely going to put in some krs1 oh yeah, um, and that. i'm just going mm-hmm. yeah i'm just going through what's what's in my car right now mm-hmm. um you know i The six CD changer that I have in my car. Yes, I still have CDs. (laughs) Some (laughs) some people laugh at me about that. You know, why don't you just download your music? Well, because you know, I kind of like the uh, artwork that comes on the CDs. It's a little nostalgia for (laughs) me because I really enjoy music, not just hip hop. Parliament was one of my favorite groups back in the day, and when they used to put out an album, it was like a mini book. Right. You know, so I used to really like looking at the album art and things of that nature, and uh, reading who the producer, you know, who was the sound engineer, because. You know, if you look at that, all those things kind of link up mm-hmm. from artist to artist to artist. And then you start seeing the similarities there. So, you know, I, I really enjoy just uh, getting into it from that perspective. So I'm not really a big download music guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I still like seeing the art that goes into, you know, putting, you know, who did what mm-hmm. um, and, and seeing that uh, artist conception. Of whatever their music inside of there is going to be on that artwork that's on the outside of that CD cover. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, I, so I still like hold that in my hand. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah. But back to that is KRS-One, mm-hmm. Jay-Z, Run-DMC, LL, and of course, of course, I I, I would be surely remiss <laughs> mm-hmm. if um, you know I, I didn't leave room for some of the new cats. So you know some 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 Kendrick. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, um, that's that's who I'm really bumping a lot right now, mm-hmm. um, and, and just you know from, I also like listening to hip hop from around the world. So I'm I'm, I'm, I'm getting into the South African hip hop right now. So right. there's a couple casts that that I'm banging, but we'll talk about that another time. But yeah.
0: so let me ask you a question. Um, my favorite, one of my favorite producers of all time is Q-Tip. I think Q-Tip almost single-handedly shaped the sound, the golden era of hip hop. Now when I say the golden era, I'm talking 88 to about you know, 99, 2000. I mean, the songs that, you know, the records that he's been involved in you know, directly from a creative standpoint to my and you know, are just unprecedented, you know? So what do you say when somebody says, you know, Q-Tip's not a great producer. He's just a great loop picker. He knows how to go and dig in and find those loops and you know, inject them into his songs to make them what they are. What do you say to somebody that says that about somebody like Q-Tip or Pete Rock or even the RZA? What do you say to people like that, that actually say, no, they're not talented, they just know how to pick great samples or
2: great loops? I say a person's success is built in their longevity. Mm-hmm. So when you have longevity, you automatically, to whatever you know, degree somebody wants to try to take it away from you, mm-hmm. your longevity speaks to the fact that whatever business you're in and you have longevity in that business, mm-hmm. that you're good. Mm-hmm. Because you cannot have longevity in any industry unless you're good. Mm-hmm. That's that's just the bottom line. I mean, from making sneakers to making shoelaces, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? You're not going to be in business long um, if you don't put out a good product. Mm-hmm. And the right. fact that, you know, you mentioned Deriza, my goodness, I mean, how many has he touched on? You yeah. know what I'm saying? And he how changed. many careers has he had? Oh yeah he yeah
0: there was a change hip hop i mean 1993, yeah. 1993 was the day i mean what was it uh when you know thirty six chambers came out the same day you know Ooh. midnight marauders and thirty six chambers came out the same Ooh. day back in ninety three i mean that day yeah. changed hip hop forever, you right. know what i mean right. i mean that was just an unbelievable period of time, and that was right smack in the middle of you know of the golden era, you know so
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, because and and Q-Tip is like that as well. I mean, Mm -hmm. when you can have longevity in a business, especially one like music, because music is always changing, it's always evolving. Mm -hmm. And and if you can maintain your standing in this ever-evolving, growing animal then you have to give you know you have to give props to that individual whoever can do that mm-hmm. and when you mentioned you know you 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 mentioned three of the best that you know that are arguably three of the best that who have ever done it because they they've touched so many different artists mm-hmm. and different artists have sampled their music mm-hmm. That, I mean, you cannot say that somebody like Q-Tip hasn't put his stamp on the game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when, when this all said and done and people look back at his, his career, they have to put him up there as, uh, you know, as arguably one of the best producers ever. Oh, yeah, most definitely.
0: All right, so let me ask you another question. I take your iPod, you know, and I look at your songs in your iPod. What song is going to have the
2: most number of plays? Which one? Jay-Z's song, uh, Forever Young, because, you know, we're all, you know, as as we get older, what do we still try to remain mm-hmm. youthful, yeah. you know what I mean? And, you know, he has so many different lines in there that are very apropos to a person's life, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Every, everyone wants to be remembered. Mm-hmm. No one wants to live and die and not be remembered. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when he talks about in that song, you know, this is going to be forever. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? This is going to live forever. And then even how the song even first opens up, you know, when he he talking about how the, you know, the pretty girls in the neighborhood come around sitting on the hoods of the cars and things of that nature, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, That was me and my boys growing up. You know what I mean? We would go, we would try to get, you know, somebody's car and wash it up and, you know what I mean? And, you know, check out the pretty girls. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And again, it's just, you know, being forever young. Yeah. always being able to reach back you know as as my grandfather used to say you know always be green and grow and never be brown and rotten there you go because you know, every every day you wake up you got to live you got to experience and you got to learn mm-hmm. and if you're doing those things then you're always going to grow mm-hmm. when you become stagnant is when you're going to die mm-hmm. and so and, and, I'm, and i don't mean die like literally i mean die in a figurative sense and you know when you listen to that particular cut for me like i said it is the art form so it's subjective so for me that that's one of the, that gets the most play. I like lyrics <clears throat> that that speak more about, you know, the what the artist is about on the inside versus what the artist is about on the outside. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm not I'm not one you know, to put in something that's all about, you know, look at my watch, look at my bling, look at this, look at look at that. Right. You know what I mean? I like that introspective rap. Yeah. You know, what I mean, or or not just rap, but music in general. I like when music is very introspective, right, because I think that's what help us understand who we are.
0: Exactly, man. So, you know, for for the sake of the podcast, tell me, you know, what are you going to bring? Like I said, I don't think they're ready for the John Smithson, the (laughs) the John L. Smithson experience. You know what I mean? But (laughs) if you can, like three sentences, let them know what they're
2: getting, you know, with you on board here. Dylon, Dylon, Dylon. I spit hot fire. Yeah. Like <laughs> no, uh, honestly, for, for me, it's what my goal through this whole uh, podcast is is to bring you know, new music to the listeners that really helps perpetuate the art form. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to bring that gritty, that new, because when you think about hip-hop, hip-hop is the sound of the street. Mm-hmm. Hip hop is born through struggle. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When I think about hip hop, you know, cuz my family, you know what I mean, like my grandparents and stuff like that, they were they were they were very musical, especially my grandmother on my mom's side. Um, you know, she she was very musical. So when I think about what jazz was to their generation and how it helped their generation get through, that's the way I think about hip hop for my generation. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I'm looking to bring that, you know, That which is going to help us build and that which is going to help us remember those pioneers.
0: Million dollar question right here. Give me your top three MCs and you got to tell me why. You can't just name drop. You got to
2: tell me why. Oh man, oh man. (laughs) Um, You got enough tape? (laughs) We got got all day. (laughs) Uh, My top three MCs in no order are going to be Jay Z, KRS1, And the last one I always leave open just simply because, you know, you have to, because it's evolving. Yeah. But I think just from the very beginning is going to be those two. Mm -hmm. Because when you think about, I mean, you can ask me on one particular day and that number three spot is going to be filled with LL, which I think LL helped change the game. LL, back when he came in the game, you know, hip-hop was, you know, more of, You know, everybody that was in it back then were, I don't want to use this to be so defining, but everyone in the game back then were adults. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Everybody was basically 25, 26 plus, you know, the grandmaster flash, you know what I'm saying? Um, The Curtis blow, you know, everybody was older. Everybody was 25 plus Mm -hmm. when LL came in the game, you know, he basically brought that youthful energeticness to the game and he changed the game with that youthfulness. Mm -hmm. And now we've seen how the game has gone to straight youth, which, you know, we'll talk about that on another show where I think that's where one of the issues with the game is because, you can't have wisdom if you don't have vision. Right. And your vision is, is, is expanded by your experiences. Mm-hmm. And if only if you only experience your block, your hood, then it's hard for you to gain wisdom, true wisdom. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so when you listen to somebody like KRS-One, you listen to somebody like, and I know, you know, for a, for a lot of people, Jay-Z is really commercial, but if you listen to like Reasonable Doubt and you listen to some of his newer stuff, um, or excuse me, some of his uh, older stuff, you're going to hear somebody that's giving you a message. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, he has some of the flashy bling bling and look at me, you know, commercial stuff in there. But when you really dig into a lot of his music, just like with KRS-One, it has a lot of substance. Mm -hmm. You know, and KRS-One, the Blastmaster to me, is the all-time best lyricist of all times. I mean, that, I don't, I think he is one and then everybody else comes after that. I don't care if you're talking about, you know talking about an M&M you 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 want to you want to talk about you know any and i and I'm, and I'm trying not to mention too many because i don't want to mention you know cuz mm-hmm. cuz just too many to mention but those are going to be my number 2 so i really can't give you a number 3 because that one's always evolving gotcha. uh, just based upon where i am at that in in that particular moment in time mm-hmm. but for both Jay-Z and KRS-One, they're my two greatest MCs to me just simply because of how they can tell that story, how they can paint that picture, you know, and I'll just give you two, two quick ones. When Jay-Z was talking about how he sold all of his weight wet, you know, growing up, that's what I, I actually saw that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I saw, you know, people who were in that drug game and they used to put damp washcloths over whatever product they were selling. In order to make it heavier, mm-hmm. you know, in order to, uh, you know, get that, get that dollar up, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so when Jay-Z said that, you know, that let me, that legitimized a lot of what he was saying for me, mm-hmm. because you're not just going to know that, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? That's not something you can read in a book. That's not somebody, that's not something, that's something you're going to learn, mm-hmm. you know, through through experience. Mm-hmm. So when you look at that and then you look at KRS-One, I mean, his whole catalog, you know you can go from track to track to track you somebody you know if they're clever enough could line up all the track names for KRS-One and if you put it to a beat and you can just say all those different track names you're going to have a top 10 hit mm. just by mentioning his track names with a, with a with a strong beat in the background of course <laughs> right but i mean just what they brought to the game how they changed the game there isn't there isn't a KRS-One song that you can put on today to a young hip hop fan who's just getting into hip hop of whatever age that they're not going to be They're They're not going to look at you and say, who's that? Oh, yeah. I agree. agree. Listen to him. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Whereas, you know, and when, and when your lines and when your tracks are timeless, you know, you got to be the greatest. And that's 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 again, like I mentioned before, that longevity piece. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He is still relevant today. You can put on Criminal Minded right now, and you, if you're at a club, you can be at a stoplight with a loud system, and you're going to look around four or five cars. Out of those four or five cars, you're going to have two people looking at you, bobbing their head, oh yeah, with a smile on their face. He's the you teacher. You know what I mean? He's, the, he's the
0: ultimate yeah, teacher. You you learn something. You know, every song, every record that he's done, you learn something. And that's, and again, you know, that's honestly, KRS is, you know, my inspiration for this show. I mean, he took that responsibility. He put the culture on his shoulders. I think he and Chuck D, more than anyone, put the lifestyle, put the culture on their shoulders and said, look, I got you. I got this. You know, we're going to carry you. We're going to show you, you know, how this thing is supposed to go. You know, right? One of my right. favorite one of my favorite quotes, and again, I hate quotes, John. I cannot stand quotes. All right, but one of my <laughs> one of my favorite quotes. I mean, from from anyone. I'm talking about Albert Einstein, Steve Jobs. I don't care who. My favorite quote of all time comes from Caris. One. He said, "If hip hop nice. has the ability to corrupt young minds, you know, and believe it or not, you know, say what you want to say. That's what's happening. You know, if hip hop right. has the ability to corrupt young minds, it mm-hmm. also has the ability to uplift them." That's power. No
2: doubt. That's power. Man. No doubt. That's no power. doubt. I mean it, mm-hmm. well he is the teacher. He is the teacher. Class the <laughs> is in session. <laughs> you know what I mean? All day. You every know? day. Yeah. I think very deeply. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can't wait until we jump into some of these discussions of a little bit more depth. I don't want to give it all the here in the intro. You know what I'm saying? Right, right,
2: right, right. <laughs> I got you. I got you. But for the people out there who are going to download this podcast and hopefully they, they do it every week. Especially after you know they they listen to and understand the perspective that we're coming from. What I want them to get from what I'm bringing to the show is basically this: an open mind, right? You know, because and help the art form evolve. Because mm-hmm. that's what I'm that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to keep the art the art form evolving through this podcast. This is my little small piece because I do love music so much. This is my small contribution to it, you know, which is just lifting it up, putting it in a different light, explaining it, breaking it down you know, highlighting new artists and, you know, just from my perspective, growing up, you know what I mean? Um, You know, growing up with, with some of the gully gully, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, feeling some of that struggle, feeling some of that strife. And at the same time, man, escaping into that music, man, like I said before, Music is that great escapism it is. you know it's just like it's just like a good book. you can close your eyes and let that song take you it can hey it don't have to be hip hop it can be whatever mm-hmm. you know my my musical collection is very eclectic mm-hmm. you know I have everything from classical music to hip hop music. The only music I really don't listen to that much is country mm-hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> but out but outside of that, you know what I mean my my musical third eye is definitely wide open and that's what I want the listeners. To learn from me through this podcast is to keep your musical third eye open always be open to new music to new artists to a new way of saying something that we're all saying you know just 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 in different ways you know what i'm saying and, and that's what music conveys
0: Hip-hop history is, is such an important aspect of the culture uh, and it's critical that we're kept aware of important events from the past such as album releases you know, from those artists that, that helped elevate the art form so they're not only kept in the conversation but are given their proper respect as hip-hop continues to evolve. Uh, believe me, I know how important all is to you, uh, but there, is there anything impactful that we should know about
1: today's date? So I like to bring a little history into you know into your lives, let you know uh, a little hip hop history, a little uh, you know regular history about Black history also. I mean, if anybody knows me, I'm just a, a serious history buff. So I bring it to you uh, today on this date, September 15th, in hip hop history, Public Enemy released their gold-selling fifth album. Greatest Misses on Def Jam Records on this day, 1992. Def Jam Records had wanted to uh, wanted to do greatest hits compilation uh, with P from uh, frontman Chuck D, and thought after only five years in recording industry it was it was premature. So instead, Greatest Misses became a collection of new songs, unreleased material, uh, remixes, and previous hits. Uh, that uh, with tracks courtesy of Chuck Chillout, Sir Jinx, Damon Dallas Kelly, uh, Jeff Trotter, Greg Beasley, Shy Skills, and the, the late great Jam Master Jay. Greatest Misses also featured a live UK television performance of Pete Rock's remix to "Shut 'Em Down," as well as new tracks like the hit single "Hazy Shade of a Criminal." Uh, Greatest Misses also contained a new album cut such as Get Off My Back, also featured in the 1992 Columbia Pictures, Mo Money, Air Hoodlum, and Gotta Do What I Gotta Do. So today, on this date in history, hip-hop history, September 15th, Public Enemy released their gold-selling album Greatest Misses. And, you know, thank you, Public Enemy, for actually giving us that album. Now, moving forward, Today in black history, uh, September fifteenth, 1978, Muhammad Ali was the first black prize fighter to gross more than five million dollars gate in a bout at the Louisiana Superdome in New Orleans. Muhammad Ali won in the 13th round unanimous decision and became the first to win the heavyweight title three times in a row. So with that being said, yeah, Floyd Mayweather may feel he's the greatest, but to me, Muhammad Ali is the all-time greatest, the first to ever do it. There'll only be one Muhammad Ali. There'll only be one Michael Jordan. There'll only be one Sweetness. There'll only be one Emmett Smith. There'll only be one this and that. So today, I'd like to say thank you, Muhammad Ali, for being the first to sit up there it three times and gross more than $5 million Kate, You let them know you were truly the original greatest out there.
0: Most definitely. And, um, you know, as we discussed earlier, you know, P.E. Held, held it down from the political side of the game and literally forced us to remain conscious, you know, so they should always be recognized as, as pioneers and still remain, you know, defenders of the culture to this very day. Uh, great peace on Ali, you know, as he's one of the greatest athletes of all time. You know, he remains an an inspiration for many people worldwide whose confidence and charisma are still emulated, a huge influence to hip hop culture. John, I know you stay on the internet, constantly researching, uh, so I know you got something new for us. What should we know?
2: So, Scott, yeah, you know, um, we got the typical stuff going out there right now in the music industry. You know, you got Bobby Shmurda, him and his crew got pinched Mm -hmm. um, on weapons charges back there in Quad City Studios. You know, it always seems like somebody in the game is getting knocked for something like that. I wish these cats would learn that, you know, they need to stay away from that. And I know it's difficult, but, you know, Mm -hmm. you got to stay away from that. And in other typical news, you got Drake and uh, Future. You know, there's a mixtape that's uh, rumored out there about them. But, you know, you always have heavyweights in the game matching up in order to do some stuff to make, you know, to make the streets buzz. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, But what I want to bring up for the listeners is something that, you know, that's different than what everyone else is talking about. Because everyone's talking about Schmerda and Drake and this one and that one. I want to talk about the impact, the global impact of Mm hip-hop. You know? And because, you know, hip-hop like we've been talking about so far with the Illmatic, is it's an art form, you know? And art travels, you know what I'm saying? Especially when it's good art, Mm -hmm. you know? And with music, a lot of times, especially with hip-hop, it comes from the streets, it comes from struggle, it comes from strife, and you have that all throughout the world, you know what I mean? And, you know, lately I've been trying to check out the South African hip-hop scene because there's a lot going on over there. And, you know, there's a couple cats that really caught my air. Mm. And one of them actually right now, there's a couple heavyweights in the game here in the States that's doing, you know, some some work with a couple of these South African cats. Uh, Ace Hood has a uh, feature on Sarkody's uh, new guy, which is straight fire. Mm. Sarkody, S-A-R-K-O-D-I-E. And he has a track out there called New Guy, again, featuring Ace Hood. And it's straight fire. Yeah, I definitely uh, check that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it is straight fire. People need to check that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, another cat from over in that South African region who really raps about political uh, in, injustice and things of that nature. Uh, you have a kid by the name of Emmanuel Jai. Last name is spelled J-A-I. He has a cut out there called War Child. Now, this cut is deep. Mm-hmm. You know, it talks about... You know, just as the title suggests, he was one of those 10,000 kids taken to be made into a war child. Wow. And yeah. the beats are, the, the beats are rhythmic. I mean, so everything that he's spitting in this track is definitely deep. But out of all the cats that I heard over there, and I listened to about 15 of them, the one that really tickled my ear the most is a kid by the name of Proverb. Proverb, okay. He had, yeah, mm-hmm. Proverb. He has a new project that just dropped earlier this year on March 17th, mm-hmm. and it's called Read Tape, R-E-A-D Tape. And let me tell you, if you ever wanted to hear KRS-One in a different form, this is that cat. Pro, Proverb has a track called It's Over Now. Oh, my goodness he goes in I mean he goes in and it features another South African uh, heavyweight by the name of Manifest okay uh, and they go back and forth with this rhyme duality type situation in the video I mean and imagine that these cats you know for you know specifically speaking of proverb he came out in 2008 and we haven't even heard him here in the states as of yet mm. but I'm telling you right now you can listen to any of his 2008 stuff, any of his 2015 stuff, and anything in between, and you're going to be definitely entertained. And the kid kicks it without dropping the M-bomb. He kicks it without dropping all the cursing and things of that nature. He keeps, like I said, he's that KRS-1 in a different form. His wordplay is phenomenal. So, you know, I really want the listeners to just to give them an ear, just to understand that, you know, we're here in the United States of America, but rap is global. Hip hop is global from the culture. I mean, you can go to Germany, you can go to Europe, you can go to Japan, and you're going to find cats who are out there repping hip hop. Sometimes, you know, the music coming out in the States, you know, it becomes so cookie cutter, Right. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so people start judging the state of hip hop on that, Mm -hmm. but that's not the state of hip hop. The state of hip hop is so vast, you know what I mean? I like to say that hip-hop is like water. Mm-hmm. and We all remember science class, and the number one property of water is what? It takes the, sa- the shape of its container, mm-hmm. and that's hip-hop. It, it travels everywhere. It is everywhere. Everywhere you go, you're going to see it. Everywhere you go, you're going to hear it. You know, the culture is definitely a global culture. The music is definitely a global music. So when you're getting down about the music that's being released in the States, pick any country. YouTube it, and you're going to see some hip-hop. Just YouTube hip-hop in Germany. YouTube hip-hop in South Africa, and you're going to come up with some good cats that's going to spark your ear Mm -hmm. because that's what the art form is all about. It's about growing, it's about maturing, and also it's about sustainability. And when people start talking about hip-hop is dead, hip-hop is dying, that's because you're looking at it through a very limited filter. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? you got to look at it from a wide perspective because this is a global animal
0: exactly just real quick I mean how would our listeners how would they go about finding these guys to download the tracks you said YouTube are there any other outlets that they can find well, so
2: use. far, mm-hmm. um, I, haven't, I haven't found any uh, outlets here in the States like the iTunes and things of that nature where you can grab their stuff off of. Okay. But most of these cats, because they know that, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, they make their stuff available on YouTube. So right. you can go out there. They have YouTube channels. Okay. You can go out. You can find that path in order to, uh, you know, download their music. Because I'm, telling, I'm trying to tell you right now, if anybody who's listening to this goes and YouTubes a cat by the name of Proverb, you will be emphatically impressed with the state of hip-hop. And we're talking about South Africa, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. hopefully through this podcast, you know what I mean? We can, you know, work on doing some things where we're giving exposure to hip-hop on a global scale Mm -hmm. to help people understand that the art form is more alive than they can possibly imagine. Mm -hmm. Does hip-hop exist in areas that we don't hear it all because we're in the States and we birthed hip-hop in New York? Yes, I said it. I don't care if you got offended. Hip hop was birthed in New York. That's just what it is. <laughs> you know, like it or not. You know, I know my West Coast cats. I'm from Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? So it dang sure it wasn't birthed in Pittsburgh. It was birthed in New York. Mm-hmm. It was birthed in the boroughs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But just look at how that global art look at that art form and how it went global. It's not any different than what you have with jazz. Mm-hmm. Jazz is global music. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not any different than what you have with art. Art is global. Right. And hip hop as well as global. So Expand your mind, people. You know what I mean? Reach out. Find something different in hip-hop other than what we have here in the States because there's a lot of it out there.
0: There it is. John L., I appreciate you.
3: I'm
0: here for you. Yes, there is. This the best debut album of all time. You know, regardless of genre, I'm talking R&B, I'm talking rock, I'm talking country. From the from arguably the best MC of all time in Nas. Here we go. Finally, we're gonna get it done. The Illmatic album review. Been waiting to do this for a long time, especially you know with you guys. You know, I can't wait to get it in. You know when i first heard this album title and again this came out during my freshman year in college so everybody was on that gangster shit back then that that dre you know chronic doggy style and then the woo came out to get new york back on the map and then at the end of my freshman year ilmatic came out i remember the first thing that you know my friends and i were talking about is what what the hell is what the hell is ilmatic mean i was listening to an interview and actually it wasn't that long ago as embarrassing as that sounds But um, Nas was asked the same question, and I can't remember if it was Sway, I can't remember who it was that asked him, what does Illmatic mean? And what he said was, you know, back then, you know, in Queensbridge, what, you know, he and his friends used to say, you know, anytime you wanna say somebody was the best, you know, you would say that they were Illmatic. So what Nas was doing with his album title was he was checking all the boxes, right? He, He was repping himself. He was basically saying that he's the best. Even though it was his debut album, he already knew that he was the best. He was repping New York. He was bringing New York back into the swing. And then, of course, he was repping Queensbridge. You know, so that's what the album title signifies in one word. And I think it was genius. I mean, you're talking about a, a guy who's recognized worldwide on first name basis. And then with one word, he was basically saying he's the best. You know, New York City is the best. And
1: then specifically, Queensbridge is the best. Yeah, what I, I think is great is uh, something that that a lot of people don't give us credit for. Just words we make up as a as a group, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as a, a race and as a culture, end up sometimes in the mag, you know, in the uh, not magazines, but well, yeah, the magazines too, but in the dictionary mm-hmm. or being used worldwide. Right. You know, like Kanye came up with that. That, you know, that's just cray, Right. And look what happened. It, everybody, even young kids now, still talking about that's cray. Mm-hmm. I feel like slapping some of them, but, I mean, you know, <laughs> they're still talking about it. that's <laughs> crazy. I'm missing that. Yeah. It's like we, I just, our words transcend time in, in different genres.
0: Right, right, right. I mean, like Q-Tip said, man, this is the last great art form. I remember when I first heard it, my friend Howard, he came to my dorm room and he put it in. The first thing that I heard was wild style. For me back then, wild style was everything. That was, you know, I've seen that movie 50 plus times. I know
1: it word for word, backwards and forwards, you know? Yeah, as a former graffiti artist, that was like the, the one movie. See, you had Breaking, you had Beach yep. Street with Breaking. I don't even <laughs> consider it a, a real movie to me. Mm-hmm. But you had Beach Street. Yeah. Back then, it really told... The East Coast culture of breaking and, and, and uh, you know and and b-boying and all that other stuff and graffiti mm-hmm. and uh, DJing and, and MCing. Right. You yeah, had all of that, but as a real graffiti artist, like I used to be back in the days, mm-hmm. Wild Style was that movie you had to have or had to see as a real graffiti artist to actually just just that had to be in your in your collection. That had to be like if you go to school. Mm-hmm. There are certain things you have to learn. Mm -hmm. And being a comedian now, I had to learn how to deal with crowds. I had to learn how to deal with hecklers. I had to learn, you know, how to work my craft. As a graffiti artist, you had to learn what started graffiti, what letters were like, how to do letters, Mm -hmm. you know, different things people taught you or whatever. And Wild Style was like a a blueprint to graffiti. Mm -hmm. So, that, yeah, that movie did it for me. And then when you sit up there and you hear the album come on mm-hmm. and you hear all the Wild Style set in the background, you're like, oh, whoa, whoa yep. I know that. Yeah, I know all that. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what happened to me. I mean, Wild Style, it
0: explains everything, you know, with regard to hip-hop culture, with regard to the lifestyle, with regard to everything that goes along with that. Wild Style, it explains it from start to finish. You know, so the fact that Nas chose to use that as the setting you know he puts you into the setting you know before he kicked the album off you know there's that famous quote in the beginning you know stop fucking around and be a man and then he drops into you know his his famous you know live at the barbecue uh, spot that he had with the main source and everything i wasn't even checking for that i heard wild style and immediately i was in the setting and then what happens next Premier kicks the door down you know with that famous piano riff beat that he had for new york state of mind Oh, my yeah, goodness. Yeah, he kills yeah. it with that. He destroyed it. Destroyed it. Yeah. Destroyed no it. No doubt. And, yeah, and to have Primo to have Primo intro you, to bring you in, because that was Nas' introduction to hip-hop right there. I mean, everybody, you could say it was live at the barbecue. You could say it was Back to the Grill again, that third base little cameo he had. But this this record right here, New York State of Mind, that was Nas' intro to hip-hop, in my opinion. In my opinion. Yeah. You know? No doubt. Yeah. So, I mean... I think the only way that the three of us can do this album justice is to go through track by track, you know, and just, you know, we'll talk about it until we get to the end. It's only 10 tracks. I think we can get it in. Um, I tell you, one of the things that I do, and it might be, you know, slightly, but definitely annoying, I concentrate on the lyrics, you know what I mean? And I get stuck. I get stuck like on one or two phrases. And when I play the song back, you know, I look for it and I try to dissect it probably more than I should. but. The one, the one phrase or the one group of lyrics that really that, that, you know, that I'm stuck on with this particular song was, you know, he said, inhale deep like the words of my breath. I never sleep because sleep
2: is the cousin of death.
0: I mean, come on, who talks like that?
2: Right, right. But he's, but he's, but he's telling you that he's awakened. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's what I, the whole like you said, it's his debut album, and I may be saying the same thing that you know some other critics and people who reviewed it have said in the mm-hmm. past, but when I listen to Illmatic, I'm seeing the birth. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because he comes from the very beginning, he tells you about himself, mm-hmm. he sets that, like you said, that scene with Wild Style, because he's letting you know his background. Mm-hmm. He's, he's letting you know visually, this is what I came up in you know what i mean this is what has inspired me this whole culture because like you said wild style like deep was saying that was a culture pick that was a cultural biopic if you ask me yeah you know what i mean
0: mm-hmm. absolutely and the reason why i like that particular that particular phrase so much is like you were saying john i mean just to build on what you were saying there's so many meanings there's so many layers of meaning right so Historically, you say New York City, the city that never sleeps. So, of course, he played on that when he said, I never sleep, because sleep is the cousin of death. You know what I mean? But in this particular song, Nas was introducing himself to you, bringing you into his reality, you know, bringing you into his daily life, bringing you into Queensbridge, you know, the things that he dealt with. And I go back to the beginning of the song where he said, beyond the walls of intelligence, life is defined. I think of crime when I'm in the New York state of mind. I mean, that was his reality right there. It sums up the agony. It sums up the uncertainty of New York life as Nas knew it. The visualization, you know, that Nas used in his in his poetry, because that's what this is. This is poetry, man. This is this is this is unbelievable poetry from an unbelievable poet. But
2: the way that he go
0: ahead.
2: No, No, I was gonna say. I mean, when you look at the the whole scene of hip hop. It's pretty much a mix between spoken word and poetry, mm-hmm. all set to a nice melodic beat. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, like you were saying, the lyrics really touch you, mm-hmm. and that's because the lyrics are reaching into you the same way poetry, or the same way a piece of art mm-hmm. would do. Mm-hmm. So this is, as just like you described, you know what I mean, you quoted that other man for saying that, you know, this is, like Q-Tip said, this is the last true art form. Right. You know what I mean? That's just straight created. It's a mashup of a couple different things. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a mashup of that jazz. It's a mashup of that spoken word. It's a mashup of poetry. Yeah. And what and what comes out is Nas with this illmatic. I mean, it was definitely, definitely one of the one of the best debut debut albums. I mean, we would I think we'd be hard to press to say it was the best because mm-hmm. you know when you when you just like when you use the word all (laughs) you know what i mean to describe anything right because it's so subjective you know what i mean as to what a person's looking for whenever they're listening to music but when music takes you inside of the tracks when it takes when it when it draws you in Mm -hmm. and it transcends the genre Mm -hmm. that it's in like Mm -hmm. like illmatic did Mm -hmm. i mean although it was you know, it was a rap album, mm-hmm. but you had people from all different types of musical backgrounds picking this album up because it was just so poetically laced. Yeah.
0: I knew I would, that we were dealing with somebody different. You know, I, I was big into Wu-Tang back then, you know, Chronic, You know, Snoop, you know, Doggy style, all that. But then I heard Elmatic and said, this is something different right here. We, we, we're dealing with somebody that's, that's, that's not normal. You know, and so that's what really endeared me to Nas. So not to draw out this particular
1: track, but that's, you know, what really, really got me going with him. Yeah, that New York State of Mind, it, it actually, it, mm-hmm. the way he spoke about it, the way he put it into you, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, it, right. the, the, the way he put it in your your head, mm-hmm. the way he was talking, he is a poetic genius mm-hmm. on, on record, on, on music, mm-hmm. and... I've heard some comedians say, you know, those that sit up here and tell poetry are nothing but rappers without music. Mm-hmm. Right, and right. that's pretty much what Nas is. He is a, he's a poet with music behind him. Mm-hmm. And to sit up there with the stuff he was saying on New York State of Mind, he made you feel like you were in one of the five boroughs, especially Queens, Queensbridge. He's telling you what's going on in his hood it made you feel like that, just like how some people sat up there and said that, uh, or, or you have MD, NWA sit up there and say, yeah, uh, we just telling you what goes on in our hood. And they had people feeling like they, you know, they really wanted to be gangsters, wanted to be, you know, you know, wanted to be in gangs and stuff like that. And, and it was glorified through gangster rap. When you get to Nas and Nas sit up there and he tells you about, you know, what's going on in his hood what's what's happening with this and that, you actually, feel like you're walking down the block with your tims on you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. and you're fitted on mm-hmm. and you're sitting there listening to Nas say whatever and you're walking down the block experiencing that so the song new york state of mind actually puts you in that new york state of mind right exactly it's it's
2: kind of like what he says and if i can quote him got young got young niggas pulling the triggers bringing fame to their name and claim some corners cruise without guns or goners in broad daylight stick up kids they run up on us that's a day mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. as you just said that you're walking down the street you just saw that mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah. because that's yeah. just how that was back then
0: right the visuals the
1: visuals that he that he brought were crazy were crazy yeah, I will tell you the truth, yeah. I mean, and growing up where we grew up, I've been in places where I've seen people get robbed. Mm-hmm. And dude run up on me afterwards, what'd you say? I'd be like, I saw nothing. I saw nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I was over here shooting basketball. I saw nothing. But where you basketball at, man, listen, just I said I saw nothing. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, he I mean, put yeah. yeah, yeah. I
0: could talk about this particular track, you know, for the next three hours if you know, if if I could, but You know, we got to get into the next one, which is actually my favorite song on the whole album. When I heard this next track come in, I stood up. I didn't know what was going on. Life's a bitch, right? Mm -hmm. To me, this is my favorite song on the whole album. Anytime I put Illmatic in, I always end up rewinding this one at least three or four times. And you know what's crazy? It's not because of Nas. It's because of AZ. You know what I mean? AZ's verse on this was was unbelievable, man. It was unbelievable. And I think this is the only time in Nas's whole career where he was outshined by, by, uh, by, uh, by a feature artist
1: you know what? I can't actually say he was outshine. I, I say that, mm-hmm. like I said before, about the firm that complimented each other. Mm-hmm. I think it was just a compliment. They just, they just went together so well on this, mm-hmm. and I think it was, uh, it was hot. I actually would love to see the firm get back together and do another album. Yeah, and, and show some of these, these cats out here what spitting bars is really like. I mean, I, I, I think it was hot. I mean, like, it was a true story. It was a true statement. Life's a bitch, and then you die. So, you know, well, at the time it was, you know, when you get older, you realize, hey, you got to live every day till it's last and it's fullest. Mm-hmm. But at that time, when you're young, you're thinking, hey, life's a bitch and then you die. That's why we puff, you know, because mm-hmm. you never know when you're going to go.
0: Yeah, it was, a, it was an incredibly deep song, man, but AZ's wordplay. I mean, I mean, he said, he said, keeping this swip of essence, street ghetto with essence inside us, because it provides us with the proper instant to guide us. He said swip of essence. You remember that word, Schwarberfescent? <laughs> no,
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, so
0: back back in the day, right? You know, Schweps. You know the um uh, uh,
1: No, I'm joking. I do. I do remember. Oh. But <laughs>
0: well, he used that. I mean, come on, man. Keeping the Schwarberfescent, sweet ghetto essence inside us, because it provides us with the proper insight to guide us. Craziness. Craziness, man.
1: Yeah. I mean, the reason why I said no is because you know you're gonna have. The, the the young cats that listen to this thing be like what does that mean? And then you know, YouTube is gonna be blowing up looking for that, <laughs> that commercial. Oh, I got and you. Every... I got you. But and I want them to. That, <laughs> and I'ma see that like a hundred times in my, my newsfeed and it's just gonna be like, come on, man, just just go to the song and just just enjoy it. Don't <laughs> don't down with just that commercial, please. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, man. This song just spoke to me on so many different levels, man. I mean, it was the ultimate the ultimate get money song, you know what I mean? Like, the way AZ and Nas were playing off each other, it's like they were saying, you know, we're like this because we really don't know what tomorrow's gonna be, you know what I mean? So live your life, get money right now while you can, you know? Yeah. Yes, I mean. Exactly. Incredible song, man, incredible song. And then, I know I keep quoting verses, I just can't help it, man. I got the song just memorized oh, no, backwards no, and forwards. Yeah, but. The one that really, really sticks out to me is when is when Nas say, time is illmatic. Keep static like Wolf Fabric. Time is ill matic. He's basically saying there's nothing more powerful, there's nothing more ill than time itself. You can't beat it. It is the ultimate. You know what I'm saying? You can't beat time. You can't. No matter what you do. So be strong. Keep static like Wolf Fabric. Keep strong. Be as strong as you can. Then he said, pack a yeah. formatic to crack your whole cabbage. He's basically saying, look, I'm going to be as strong as I have to be to do what I have to do to survive. You know what I'm saying? I mean, incredible.
1: Stuff. I mean, I, 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 I kind of saw that as a different thing. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I understand that the the, uh, the thing about the clock mm-hmm. is you can't beat the clock no matter what. Uh-uh. You're going you're gonna to die. You're going to get older. Mm-hmm. Things are going to change. Time progresses things. And I understand that. Mm-hmm. And, when you know, when it comes to, you know, Cracking, you know, with your cabbage and stuff like that. He's, to me, it's like he's just cracking open your mind to show you. And your cabbage is your brain. It's like, listen, man, I'm showing you inside your brain exactly. You know, I'm I'm giving you knowledge yourself through this album, mm-hmm. right here. Let you know, listen, time is of the essence, brothers. You know, don't you take it for granted. Next thing you know, you'll be gone, right. or somebody that you love be gone. And as, uh, you know, as as D. L. Hughley said when um when Bernie Mac passed. He said up there and said, never wait too long to tell somebody that you love them right. because before you know it, they'll be gone. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of like, yeah, the time is of the essence. Make sure you make the best out of what you got when you're here because you never know what's going to happen when, when you're gone. And I'm letting you know that, listen, the, the clock is ticking. What mm-hmm. you going to do? Mm-hmm. Or as Minister Society, with Charles Dutton, the hunt is on and you're the prey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do? <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: classic, yeah.
0: classic movie. All right, so you good on Life's a Bitch? I mean, what you think? You think yeah. you think that's the best track on on on, on the album or what?
1: Nah, uh-huh. I think that was a track that just just you know opened you up. Say right. yeah, I want more. You know, when you first come out with the New York State of Mind, that's like oh shit, yeah, this. Mm-hmm. This is something i want to listen to mm-hmm. then you get to life's a bitch You're like yeah i, I can relate mm-hmm. so it's not it doesn't it doesn't go into saying it's the best but it keeps you interested and keeps you saying all right i want to hear what's next now mm-hmm. it's yours whose world is this the
3: world is yours the world is it's yours nice. it's mine it's mine whose world it's is it's this it's yours it's mine it's mine it's mine Who's this the world is yours the world is yours. It's mine, it's mine, it's mine, it's I sit the, the dumb pete watching this? Gandhi till I'm charged and writing in there my book rhymes all the words past the margin the whole the mic dropping
0: mechanical movement. so the next track world is yours produced by the great Peat rock now now let me say this okay life's a bitch is my favorite song the world is yours is the best song
2: on the See, this is my favorite song. Okay. Right okay. Yeah, this is this is all me right here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because the world is yours. It is. And the world, to me, that he's speaking of, is the world that exists between our two ears. Mm-hmm. You know, we make our own reality. You know, and the more these young people, and the more people, really start to understand what that really means then they'll start to understand why the world is theirs why the world is mine why the world is yours Mm -hmm. i'm walking in my own reality i can't walk in scott's reality you know what i'm saying and in my reality i'm the best and the world always the, the, the world belongs to me everything out there that's meant for me i will get it's just that simple i mean there are so many i can't even go through the lines in this joint because there are so many You know what I mean? There are so many monstrous lines throughout this, so I'm sure you're going to break down a line or two, so I want to throw it to you, and I'll just follow up.
0: Okay, there's two. I'm I'm glad you... Okay. There's there's two for me. The first one for me, which I think is the motivation behind this particular record here, is the very last thing he says on this record. The last thing he says on this record is the first time you hear about Ill Will, right? Mm -hmm. He says, you know, to my man Ill Will, God bless your life, right? I Mm -hmm. mean... Now, we, I mean, we, don't, we didn't know nothing about Ill Will back then, but now we all know Ill Will was this man right. who got killed, you know, before Nas became Nas, okay? And so right. this right here is the motivation behind this. The world is yours. So he realized this man, you know, was, was killed, you know, real young. So he's using that particular scenario as, you know, I'm not going to go that route. That's not going to be me. You know, I'm going right. to take all these circumstances in my life, turn it around. And become who I want to be, become Nas, all right. And then I take you back to the beginning of the song, the mind activation, react like I'm facing time, like Pappy Mason, with pen, with pens I'm embracing. Come on, John, let's Go break that down. Let's break that down just for one second. Go ahead, all man. right, the mind activation, react like I'm facing time, like Pappy Mason. First of all, back then we didn't know who Pappy Mason was. You know, no. no idea. But now, of course, we know he was, you know, right. one, of the, one, of the, one of the all-time, you know, I say great. I don't mean great in the sense that he was a I know good dude. Street yeah, forces, you, you know, and all that. Yeah. You know? So Nas here is, is name dropping. You know, he was doing this before all these crime documentaries came out, before all these crime movies came out. Nas was using those circumstances to emphasize his point here. With pens, I'm embracing. So the sense of urgency is there to be great the mind activation react like I'm facing time like Pappy Mason, that dude got like triple life, man. Right, right. The sense of, you know, so that sense of urgency to be great is right there. And then he flips it talking about, and I'm embracing, you know, know, with with pens I'm embracing. He's not talking about the penitentiary, which is where Pappy Mason is. He's talking about the almighty pen that he's using to transfer his thought to paper and then to put it on wax, which is how we hear omatic and things of that nature. I mean, just the, I way, just the way he describes the creative process is right? it's, it's crazy to me. And I got to admit, back then, you know, I'm 17, 18 years old. I wasn't ready for that. I wasn't ready to hear this, you know. Yeah, yeah. But breaking it down now, you know, on the podcast with you in debt, you know, I get, you know, I get the appreciation
2: all over again, you know, for who Nas is. So you backed me in the corner, so I got to pick one of my favorite lines as well. Uh-huh. And the first line that jumped out to me when I first heard this mm-hmm. was something that really spoke to me because, you know, growing up single parent, you know, my mom, four kids, she's working two jobs, going to school, so pretty much, you know, we had to get it pretty much. Not want to say on our own because our mother was always there to support us, and I had other support members throughout the rest of my family and things of that nature. But when I think back to myself, you know, as a, you know, senior, junior in high school, you know, going through the Marine Corps and things of that nature, the line that spoke to me the most was, I'm the young city bandit, hold myself down single handed, Yeah. you know? So basically yeah. I'm responsible for either my success or my failures. Mm-hmm. There are no excuses It's nobody else's fault. Mm -hmm. It's 100% on me. Right. If I don't get it, I'm not getting it. You know what I'm saying? And that right there, I mean, and, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to find out later on that when he put Illmatic out that he may have done all the street hustling in order to, you know, get everything right, get everything legit in order for this to come out. Mm -hmm. You know, I would not be surprised because he already said, And I hate to sound repetitive, but I'm the young city bandit. Hold myself down single-handed. I'm holding myself down Mm -hmm. Mm single-handedly. I don't need your help. Your help is welcome, but I don't need you to survive. I don't need you to get where I'm going to go. Mm -hmm. I have what I have between my two ears, Mm -hmm. and that's going to get me there.
0: You know what? I'm so happy you said that, man, because that was actually the next thing uh, I was going to say. You know, that seems to be the common thread and a lot of Nas's tracks that it's just me. I'm just, it's just Nas, it's just me. You know, bridging on what you just said, he said, I mean, after that, he said, I'm deep by sound alone, caved inside 1,000 right. miles from home. You know, right. you talk about, I mean, he's talking about, it's just me, you know, I'm, right. I'm it's, it's just Nas. I'm caved inside, which means, you know, I'm not out there. I'm, I'm here in this room, writing these rhymes, you know, and I'm, I'm pulling from, you know, a pain, I'm pulling from a struggle I'm 1,000 miles from home you know he's a, you know, I'm from Africa I'm not from here you know I was right, right, right. I was put here you know what I'm saying um I mean just the deepness of this of this particular track here is just you know oh, yeah. phenomenal
2: oh yeah right? and phenomenal. and just mm-hmm. round it off to to get everybody to that mm-hmm. what you just said you know after he says I'm the young city bandit hold myself down single-handed right for murder raps, I kick my thoughts alone. Yeah. Get remanded. Mm-hmm. Born alone, die alone. alone. No crew to help my crown or throne. There it is again. There it is again. again so man. he's telling you, mm-hmm. I'm doing this on my own. Right. I don't. Need I you. don't have. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't. I don't have. You know, Jay Z singing the hook or or coming in with me to help me blow. I don't have Diddy or Biggie or Pac or anybody else who were the heavyweights back in 94, mm-hmm. helping me blow. Mm-hmm. I'm here by myself, standing on my own left and my right, and I'm, and I'm getting it done. It's just not. I, don't, I yeah. don't, right, it's just not, right. it's just not.
0: All right, John, one last track before we move on. I gotta get this to you. I gotta get this okay. to you. Okay, right? give it, give it. He said, yet I'm the mild, money-getting style, rolling foul, the versatile, honey-sticking, wild golden child, right? He goes on, dwelling in the rotten apple, you get tackled or caught by the devil's lasso. Shit is a hassle. Let's go back, man. Rewind that for a second. Come on, man. Come on, man. So first of all, first of all, right, he's painting the picture about Queensbridge. It's just wild, like, Wild West. But yeah, he's telling you, yet I'm the mild money getting styled. Basically, he's saying, look, that's not me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I see it. I acknowledge it. I live here. But I'm about something else. You know what I'm saying? I'm about something different than that the versatile honey stick and wild golden child you remember What's the Golden Child? Let's 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 inform our listeners that might be a little younger than we are. What is the Golden Child?
2: You know, That's <laughs> the Eddie Murphy movie, The, the Golden Murphy, Child. The Eddie Murphy joint, right? <laughs> and, and, and you know, and two and two quick ones about that. You know, that was a little girl who played that part. I know. I, yeah, know. I don't know yeah. if he yeah. Yeah, Okay. Yeah. So a lot of you would A lot of people would all know that. that was a little chick who played that. Mm. But the Golden Child was the one who saved the world from the devil. There you go. Save the world from the devil's sins and and mm-hmm. you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. you can so you can flip it a little further if you mm-hmm. want to get a little bit more biblical with it and say yeah. the golden child could could be Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Save the world from sin, took 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 sin on himself. Right. And you know, um but in the same token, I mean, he is showing you his versati- his versatility with not only bringing the double entendres, but bringing those double entendres from movies that are, you know, from things that are currently around them. Right. In order to make them more relevant, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? To paint that picture in the listener's head Mm -hmm. about, okay, when they think of the golden child back in 94, you're automatically going to give a quick chuckle, just like you and I did, because mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy, the gold Child, you know, mm-hmm. give me the knife. Yeah. <laughs> you
1: know
2: what I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, But, you know, so you're going to get a quick chuckle, but then as you get more introspective about it, you're going to sit there and say, okay, I see where this young man's coming from. Yeah. You know, he's he's definitely, you know, I'm really happy that we picked this to uh, go bar for bar for, mm-hmm. because I'm a big believer of wisdom through the rap game right and for him to be so young to drop so many pearls of knowledge to drop so much wisdom through his lyrics Mm -hmm. and it wasn't just about gun token crack selling Mm -hmm. it's it's about improving your life exactly it's about taking yourself from point a to point b and all the struggles you got to go through to get there but as long as you stay focused and as long as you stay true to self you're gonna get there.
0: Yeah, I mean the message is here. Yeah, it's it's a lesson. He's like, you know, I'm not only about improving myself, but you follow me. I'll I'll improve you too. I mean, keep in mind, you know, John, this is his debut. And he's already telling you, I'm the chosen one. I'm the golden child.
2: Right. You see what right. I mean? Right. And yeah. And I love how he flipped uh dwelling in the rotten apple, you get oh. tackled or, or get caught by the devil's lasso. So you know that, you know, that devil's lasso, yeah, that's the... You know, that's that's 5-0 that's the cops yeah so he's telling you you know what i mean you're going yeah. to get tackled you know six feet deep mm-hmm. you know you're going to get hit with that bullet because right. you're in that dope game right or you're going to get tackled by the devil or you're going to get uh caught by the devil's lasso uh you're going to end up in prison Shit. you know what i mean so is a hassle right Shit is a hassle, <laughs> right. yes. is a hassle. Yo. <laughs> you know he finishes it off because he understands yeah what cho- how many choices do cats in the hood really have to make it out? Right. You know what I'm saying? Now they, you know, and we can sit back and and, and say, you know, school and this and that, you know, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. But if you don't see that in your family or in your immediate surroundings or someone isn't pulling you up to push you in that direction, you're not going to go in that direction. You're going to go the way of the, you know, the cats in the hallway slinging who you see with the big knots, the fat rides, mm-hmm. And he's telling you you're going to get caught by that devil's lasso. Mm-hmm. Because once you get in that system, mm-hmm. you're done.
0: Yeah.
2: Once you get in the system, you're done.
0: You're done. You're done. That was such an important verse right there that you just quoted, man. Oh, yeah. Dwelling in yeah, the man. rotten apple, you get tackled or caught by the devil's lasso. I mean, beyond everything else that you just said, I mean, from his most simplistic, you know, meaning, the way I took it anyway was, you know, Every rapper reps himself. Every rapper, when he gets on the song, he's, I'm the best, I'm the best, I'm the best, I'm the best. You see what I mean? But this, and they also rep where they're from. So Nas, you know, he's right. representing New York. Every song, he represents New York. But on this particular right. one, dwelling in the rotten apple, he's telling you that how he sometimes feels about the city that he reps. Sometimes, you know, I don't like this fucking place, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, yeah. I'm from yeah, New yeah. York, but it's a hassle. Shit is a hassle.
2: Well, because he knows from -hmm. from where he's coming from Mm -hmm. that the the hassle part Mm -hmm. is making it out. You know what I mean? Because you're born into certain situations that are beyond your control. Mm -hmm. And then it's up to you to take what you were born with and multiply it and try to make it better. Mm -hmm. So it definitely is a hassle. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It definitely is a big hassle. And some people take the quick route you know what I mean? And end up you know, mm-hmm. doing, doing them hundreds as as he said before. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Doing them hundreds and the bang. hmm You know? You so you.
0: Well John, this is another one that we could talk about until next Christmas right here, if you want to. You know right. what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> right, right.
0: But again, you know, much respect to Pete Rock with this with this track. I mean, I don't think he could have, you know, done it any better. This was a ridiculous track, one of them. I think the best track on the best album of all time. At track five, this is the middle of the album. There's only ten tracks. That's what makes it the perfect album. It's not too long, it's not too short. Every single track is a banger, you know, but this one here, halftime is the middle, produced by Large Professor. Um, this is another one. I, I really don't know, you know, how to even begin to discuss this one, other than to say this is probably one of the first songs where Nas, you know, you know he gets into, it's, it's dark. It's, it's more of a dark song. You know what I mean? Even though it's, it's, you know, rhythmically, it's faster than most of the songs in the album. It's To me, it's a much darker song
1: than, than all the it- others. And this one definitely one of my favorites and got your hype. yeah you know just 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 around that time too I had a lot of friends um, you know just just doing things that they just out of nature Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then you hear some of the stuff in the song about what it was and then yeah I I don't know anybody in the New York and New Jersey area really did In our age group, they really wear his fronts anymore. They might still wear them, you know, younger guys, but to me, that shit makes your breath stink. But regardless, uh, you know, for him to say that's like Malcolm X catching a jungle fever, King Poetic, much flavor, a major Atlanta and Braver. Mm -hmm. Wow. Like, dude, man, Malcolm X catching a jungle fever? (laughs) (laughs) Like, damn. Hey, that let you know right there, man. Just look, man, that goes back to that statement I was telling you about the dude when he said you could catch me in the street without a ton of reefer. Yeah. He said that's like Michael Max catching a jungle fever. Yeah. When I heard that Georgia boy sit up there and say that, like, a ton of reefer? Mm-hmm. What the man want to do with a ton of reefer? <laughs> <laughs> like, y- he going to be high and shit. He going <laughs> to be able to move.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's the point. <laughs>
1: hey, yo, yeah. man, that's that You know, that was the, the brain opener. Yeah. The reefer was a brain opener yeah. back then. It was... Oof, many times, I, I could say people sat up there and you smoked just something like that and didn't say, and I did anything like that. You know, mom, if you listen, mm-hmm. I swear to God, too I late. didn't do it. Too late. <laughs> you on
0: tape. you on tape. Yeah, too late. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, nah, but, <laughs> but if you sit up there and you say, uh, you know, the, that was just the, 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 the mind opener, the, the, the pot melding in, in your mind to, to blend everything together and say, hey, you know what? I can now understand and accept my mind's opening to another level. Mm-hmm. I, I remember friends saying that I'm going to Planet Zoltar. Mm-hmm. And I used to be like, what the hell is Planet Zoltar? Mm-hmm. And they smoke weed and then start building mm-hmm. and sitting up just saying, listen, man, we're at a different level right now. And we're on Planet Zoltar. This is the planet we on trying to get you know, things together and understand and speak on what we're talking about. Yo, know, that's just like uh like like those those questions that come about yeah of course i'm the you know i'm the comedian i'm the constant comedian you know that's my job but uh you know thoughts that make you think like yo man if if blind people wipe their ass how do they know when to stop wiping oh <laughs> 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 it's, just, it's, it's, it's stuff <laughs> <laughs> stuff that you don't play an in insult you just look at somebody and say something like that yeah. you're like oh shit or like, Revenge of the Nerds, I remember seeing that, and my man said, what if uh, C-A-T really spelled dog? Oh, wow. And we've just been trained to say C-A-T spells cat. Yeah. I was like, wow. There's some,
0: there's some logic to that, though. There's some
1: logic to yeah. that. <laughs> so it's like, Halftime was that that song that, that definitely mm-hmm. made me think of the logic. Like, oh, wow, like this dude, is he, he's putting it to it. Yeah. Well, also, this is also our introduction or his
0: introduction to us of his alter ego, Nasty Nas, the villain. You know what I'm saying? This is the first time you've seen him. Was this song right here? Was this track right here? And um, you mentioned that he talked about, you know, Malcolm X. He also mentioned Marcus Garvey. Remember, he said in the darkness, I'm heartless. Like when the Narcs hit, word to Marcus Garvey, I hardly sparked it. I mean, Nas went in on this. He went in. You know, he's you know basically he's saying he's, you know he's he's so much more of a conscious MC now. You know, even though he attempted the whole gangster rap thing, I mean back in '94, that's really what it was about. You know what I mean? But yeah, he's still the conscious. He's he's still a much more conscious MC than than that. You know, so love the song. Yeah, love the song. He was Most a, definitely. Yeah, he was just a young boy. He was just young back then. What was he like 18, 19 years old when this came out? 20.
1: I think he was around eighteen nineteen yeah, so this was his I reality, mean, I could,
0: yeah I mean, this was his reality back then, and the way he captured it, the way he, he painted that picture was just priceless
1: it was priceless yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. this dude is just it's like, like I said, going back to the beginning mm-hmm. when you when you go back to uh what we were talking about New York state of mind and stuff like that, and it's like, you know, never put me in your box if you shit eat tapes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is one dude when he said that. Throughout his whole album, he made you watch your fucking radio to make sure <laughs> that it wouldn't eat the tape. You, or if you heard it starting, start you you snap, you put pause or stop real quick, mm-hmm. and you get that pencil out mm-hmm. and you crank <laughs> that pencil in there like make sure it wasn't it wasn't jamming up. Yeah. Just cause you you ain't want to miss
0: nothing. Mm-hmm. That's happened to me more times than I can count. Probably on 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 this album right here, popping this tape. Yeah, I'm
1: gonna tell you now, <laughs> if you're not. Uh, the way you can understand a real old-school hip-hop dude is if he sat up there and understands what the tape is for and what the pencil is for. hmm That's a true old-school hip-hop fan. And like I said, you gotta study. Even if you come out now, if you're born now in the 80s, 90s, and you're born around that time, and there's nothing but CDs out, if you are a true hip-hop fan, you know, just like you go to college to understand your craft or your career, mm-hmm. you got to go back and understand and study everything that had to do with hip hop. So right. you sit up there, with that and you say, "Hey, I know what that pen and what that tape is for. I know what the tape did, and mm-hmm. I know how to use that pencil." Mm-hmm. So that that to me was serious. Yeah.
0: Yep. And then I also like how you know how he closed the song out. I mean, he always, I mean. He's one of those artists that's always repping where he was from in New York. He just and remember back then, right? I mean, remember the whole Shan BDP beef. You know, Shan was talking about every you know hip hop started in Queens, and then you know KRS came back it was like you know South Bronx and all that. Nas, I mean, that was that was that was still close enough. I mean, '94. I mean, he probably started making his album when '92, '93. I mean, that was still close enough where I got to think that maybe Queens and the Bronx wasn't really wasn't really hitting it like that, you know what I mean? But he still, at the end of the song, you know, he still, he still paid homage. You know, he said, this goes out in Manhattan, the island of Staten, Brooklyn and Queens is living fat and the book is down, enough props, enough clout. I mean, he paid homage to all five boroughs, no matter what, yeah. no matter what.
1: And to me, that's a good MC from New York that pays yeah. homage to all five boroughs. They don't just send, yeah. you know, stand up. I mean, you could, Definitely represents your hood. Mm-hmm. Do that. Definitely represents your city or your part of the borough. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to you know other stuff, don't just you know put everybody in there. You you know y'all are from actually from New York. We're from New Jersey. We don't sit up there and say, "Hi," right, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I represent my you know whatever. I represent my town, my city, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the other thing, we sit up there and say, "Yo, I'm from Jersey." Mm-hmm. I don't go out of town and say, "Oh, I'm from." This part. Right. People ask me, I'm from Jersey. Now, if they get specific and say, what part of Jersey? Mm -hmm. Then I'll sit up there and say, all right, this this part of Jersey.
0: Yeah. All right, so anything else on halftime? And, and of course, at the end, he says it again. It will. Rest in peace. I'm out. Next track, another primo. Another primo track, Memory Lane. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Again, I mean, just another monster track, another monster track. And for me, so my favorite track, as discussed before, was Life's a Bitch. The best track was uh, The World Is Yours. Yep. I think, and this might sound a little confusing, I think this one here is the most important track. The reason why I say that is because in this particular one here, Nas defines what an MC is. Whether or not okay. he realized he was doing it, right. you know, I'll, I'll tell you why. I mean, here's, here's, here's the one verse that that, that that makes me say that. He said, sentence begins indented with formality. My duration's infinite, money-wise of physiology. Poetry, that's a part of me. Retardedly, bop, I dropped the ancient manifested hip hop straight off the block. Whoa. If that's not an MC, I don't know what is, man. I mean, he just, he just
2: defined it for you right there yeah 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 no no doubt i mean Mm -hmm. you know this is this is this is one of those tracks man i gotta admit you know while i do like it it it's one of those ones that kind of makes me think that Nas, at such a young age Mm -hmm. was really into things that were kind of above his head yeah you know what i mean because he's talking about it you know 18 19 charcoal incense make me see him drop in my weed smoke it's real grew up in the trife life did times or white lines the hype pipes murderous night times and night fights Mm -hmm. and blight crimes so you know for him to be so young at the time that he was dropping this i mean again he's 19 19 yeah he had seen so much yeah you know what i'm saying i'm saying i mean that says itself you don't have to break that down we already know what white lines are we already know that that's cocaine we know what the hype pipes are that's the crack mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying the knife fights that's self-explanatory right you know what I mean mm-hmm. and and the blight and the blight crimes you know that's just murder mm-hmm. you know what I mean so he's talking about Coke weed crack murder knife fights all in basically 25 words got it
0: and you know what not glorifying it either i mean no he's dropping he's dropping those those subtle you know references out of respect to the past like that white lines that's that old grandmaster flash oh yeah you know where he's actually saying hey be smarter than that don't 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 mess around with this yeah Yeah. yeah, don't do it don't do it exactly yeah i mean somebody that young 19 paying homage to the greats the way he did you know not just in his subtle references to them but in his selections for you know production on this on this on this on this whole album this speaks volumes to who Nas was to who Nas right. is there right there's no was to who he is
2: right and then verse two he just puts it to bed on oh, verse two yeah, you know that right yeah forget i mean it, i mean don't get me wrong this isn't one of my favorite tracks i can listen to it mm-hmm. but i go right to verse two mm-hmm. because he's he's all he's telling you again that you know watch out for your life. You know, you have a choice. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You have a choice. He's invoking God again online, you know, four or five, Mm -hmm. you know, I rap divine, God, check the prognosis. Is it real or showbiz? So he himself is telling himself, stay humble, stay focused, because God is pushing me in this direction. Mm -hmm. And this is what I want to do, then I got to, you know, stay on the humble route. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. and I mean, again, for him to be so young and for this to be his first, you know, EP, for this to be his first album, mm-hmm. he speaks with such a level of maturity. Oh, yeah. That you can't, you, you know, for the listener, it gives you a little bit of pause, like, wait a minute, did he just say that? Exactly. Did, you know what I mean? Let yeah. me rewind that. You know what that. I
0: mean? Yeah, I did that. I mean, I did that like a hundred times on this. And then to me, you know, that's a symbol, a reflection of, the message is the symbol of a lesson. I mean, word to Christ, a disciple of streets, trifle on beats. I decipher prophecies
2: through a mic and say, peace. Yes, sir. Say that again. I don't think, I don't think the people are no. going to hear what you said. Please no. say that again.
0: I don't think they did, John. Ready? All right. Word to Christ, a disciple of the streets, trifle on beats. I decipher prophecies through a mic and say peace. Nice. You're 19 years old, talking that
2: way. Nice. That, you know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, like I said, you mm-hmm. know, when we, when I first, you know, I wasn't a Nas fan when this first came out. Mm-hmm. You know, just just for you know 100 disclosure, I was not a Nas fan. Mm-hmm. But after I got into it, many years later. Mm-hmm. I was like wow i'm sorry i missed out on this when it when it first dropped yeah. you know what i mean i had that you know i had that remorse mm-hmm. because when you break it down and you know you and i we've talked about this oftentimes mm-hmm. that we're music aficionados mm-hmm. we're not just out here just putting in a cd or you know back in the days uh tape and just bobbing our head and just zoning out mm-hmm. we get into it because we like the art form, we like the poetry, we understand how it stands. And so when I started breaking it down, like I said, once I listened to it many years after it came out, I was like, I was really remorseful that I didn't get a chance to really feel it when it first dropped mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying because there were things that he was talking about that were so apropos to the time that we were in right and you know i'm looking at this young kid you know what i mean i'm like ah, oh, there's no way he can come that nice you know what i mean yeah whatever y'all hyping him up y'all blowing him up right but then as i look back on it i was like dang i really missed out on one of the best yeah as far as when he's first started you know what i mean at 19 and that's honestly yeah. that's part
0: of my problem john i mean Like this to me is my benchmark. This is this is this is this album here is how I level my expectations. You see what I mean? And so when I hear a song that's quote unquote hot, I compare it to this and like more often than not, I find myself saying you got to be kidding me right now. Right. You know, how can you listen to an album like this? I mean, not to say that this is what it all should be like. I mean, there's a time and a place for any type of song, whether it's a hype song, whether it's a consciousness song, where there's that grimy, you know, gangsta shit that every, you know, that 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 that's still popular today. I mean, but to me, this is my benchmark. I'm talking about me, my personal preference. Scott Pearson's, you know, expectation. This mm-hmm. is it for me. That's why, like, right. I'm, so, I'm just so biased. You know, I just can't, I can't listen to the nonsense. And
2: because I got this
0: in my head constantly, you know.
2: I got you. I got you. And that's, and that's how the true art form stands on itself. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you don't know anything about art, when you walk into a museum and you see the Mona Lisa, you're going to get pause. Yeah. And and you don't have to know anything about art, Mm -hmm. but when you see the Mona Lisa, you're going to get pause. It's just that simple. And this is one of those albums that could be classified as a Mona Lisa. No doubt. regardless of what you're into regardless of where you are regardless of when you listen to it mm-hmm. you're going to give it pause no doubt i decipher prophecies through a mic and say peace, come on man come on man he ain't know what he was saying i you know and 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 the more we break this down the more i'm starting to think that he was just flowing yeah. I don't. I don't know if he had really the level of consciousness to understand what he was saying at that time. He had to. I, I he,
0: mean, had to. he had to. Something <laughs> like that. You. You have to, man. You, he yeah, exactly you're right. He you're right, You know what I'm saying? You're right. Yeah. You're, right. Nobody, you're right. Nobody. Nobody. gotta take that away from it. Yeah. Nobody makes this up, man. You cannot make this up. You know what I'm saying? You can't. Right. right. I know I mean, I definitely. I, I feel you too, John. I mean, it's unbelievable to me, man. I know we keep going on and on about it, but. I don't know, man, I mean, when it comes you know, pen, you know, head to paper. Right. To, you know, head to pen to paper, I mean, you just can't make this up, man, you know? Yeah, yeah,
2: no doubt, no doubt, no doubt.
0: Yeah. All right, we got to move on to the next track. Otherwise, again, yeah. we'll, be, we'll be stuck, yeah. you know? right, right. By Q-Tip, who, in my opinion, again, another controversial statement Michael made. <laughs> Q Tip, one of the greatest hip-hop producers of all time. One of the greatest producers, period, of all time. Not rap, I'm talking about producer. He is one of the guys, along with I would say, Premier, Pete Rock, definitely Large Pete, that defined the sound of the golden age of hip-hop. Q Tip's right up there. And Nas had all of them, all of them on his album.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now this one right here, mm-hmm. this one is one of my favorites. Yeah, right here, this is one of my favorites because I mean, as a storyteller, mm-hmm. this was a story letter I say. Yeah, it's a it's like a letter he wrote to his boy or his man, and you know up there, you know his homie in prison. Right, and. I felt like I was there, like I was the one in prison. He wrote that letter to, like, yo, mm-hmm. Nas, make sure you you put something on my books, man. Like I was, I was on C seventy four. Like, yeah, hey, listen, I'm I'm here waiting on this letter from Nas. Mm-hmm. So when he went through all of that stuff and mm-hmm. wrote it down, he said, you know, yeah, I was like, you know, I was like, yeah, Shorty sure don't care. The ends from that fake crew to hate you. Mm-hmm. So. How many times have we actually seen that in the, you know, in the streets that your dude get locked up mm-hmm. and his girl who said up there and professed love for him and that she was going to ride with him, all of a sudden, the same dudes that may have set him up or shot at him or was rivals to him, mm-hmm. now either the top dude or one of the dudes with them is now with her. Right. And she trying to keep it on the down low. Oh, yeah. And, you know.
0: You've seen man. that story a million times, man. A million times.
1: Yeah. Yeah Then when you sit up there And you say something to her about it She try and flip when you're like Oh he ain't doing nothing For me right now and Right. this and that Yeah it's just it's, it's you know it, That letter really Really spoke to me Because yeah. I know plenty of dudes I saw That woman out there in the street After they locked up And I'm like Oh man you're a foul chick Yeah And it, Yeah yeah. I can't As an adult now If a dude got 15 years I understand I can't say I agree with it mm-hmm. But I understand. Yeah. <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean? If a, if a dude got five years, mm-hmm. I can't say it's right. Mm-hmm. But I understand.
0: And now you know so. what? You know what? You bring up an excellent point that, I mean, I think this record, above all the other ones, this is like when to me, when I listen to it, like, to me, it sounds like it's a record of frustration. Now it seems like he's frustrated about the about the circumstance that his man got himself into. You know, like, it seems like Nas is not about that life. You know, he's not about, he's not into that same bullshit as what got his friends into trouble like that. Even though they ran in the same circles, even though they grew up in the same area, they grew up in the same, you know, they grew up in Queensbridge together, he wasn't about that, he was about knowledge. He was about expressing himself poetically. But through that same lens, that, his, you know, that, 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 that the people he ran with, how they lived their life. You know, I just think it was a real deep, deep message. I mean, the first verse he goes in, he talks about what's going on in the street, in the letter to his friend, you know what I mean? And then, yeah. then, 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 he, then he flips it. He starts talking about how, you know, he was walking through and um, he said, then I rose wiping the blunt's ash from my clothes, then froze only to blow the herb smoke through my nose. He's having a conversation with this little, with this little, you know what I'm saying, with his, with his um, little man. You know, he said, I told little man I'm a ghost. I bros. I left some jewels in his school that he can sell if he chose. Words of wisdom from Nas try to rise up above one love. So he's telling you, I'm not about that. You know what I'm saying? I'm about, you know, imparting knowledge. I'm about giving you words of wisdom. You can take it or you can leave it. If you leave it, you're going to end up just like this guy I wrote my letter to. You know what I'm saying? Or you can follow what I'm doing, you know, and try to rise up above all this nonsense. I think it was a song yeah. of frustration, man. You know?
1: Yeah. yeah, Yeah. most definitely. I've only heard of... Uh, well, I can't say I've only heard, like, one other. Mm-hmm. Well, I can say I've heard of one other song that mm-hmm. kind of related on this level to me. Yeah. But, I mean, I've heard others, other songs where they they've spoken like this to their, you know, like, writing to their friends in prison and whoever else but it was only one other one that, that spoke to me like this and that was a uh, DMX mm-hmm. I, you know when he was sitting up there he was talking about his uh, his family and it was uh faith Evans, I think was singing on the song it was like okay. baby it'll be okay mm-hmm. and you know he was talking to his i think his grandmother at the time mm-hmm. and he was going on down to the family and say, you know so-and-so still bugging you know he's in and out of drugs he you was know, he's sitting up there going through all the reminiscing and, and giving his grandmother the update on everybody right and it's kind of like what Nas had already done was giving people the giving his boy the update mm-hmm. on. You know, like, you know, little Rob selling drugs, you know, hanging out with the young thugs. Right. You know, he's giving you all of that. Mm -hmm. And with the the shorty that's out there in the street and she doing whatever she's doing. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people wondered back then, how the hell do these dudes in prison know so much about what's going on out here in the streets? Because you know what? You need that outlet. You need that boy that's gonna call you or send you a letter and let you know what's going on in the streets. That's your... That's your 411. That's yeah. your that's your channel nine news. Yeah. Is your friend that's telling you that out in the street. And you know, those those two are the only ones I could say I I really related to when it was that on that. That was that was pretty good to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I and I go back to, you know, what I said about him being frustrated. You know, at the end of the song he said, I'm a ghost, for my projects. I take my pen and pad, a two-day stay, I need time alone. You know what i mean he said he wants to be alone to relax my dome no phone i left the nine at home he's done with it he's done with that life you know what i'm saying he 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 wants to he wants to write you know he wants to to rise above you know and just a powerful song powerful record
1: powerful record. yeah definitely that's that's like i said this is that's my favorite of all right here yeah. just that right
0: there i can't disagree with you there i really can't i mean we we did went through most of the tracks already and um now that we sat here together and talked about it, I gotta admit. I mean, this is up there for me. This is up there for me. I didn't really, uh, yeah,
1: yeah. you know, I agree with you on that. I do. I just, I, I just got a problem with, you know, the fact that he said left a half a hundred and the comes here. You could say just say fifty Nas. Yeah, Gee, I didn't tell you. <laughs> I, I know Nas. I know Nas, man. Oh, I didn't know that. Nas knows. He knows who this is, <laughs> is <death>, and <laughs> he took me to a basketball game at the Garden one time. And we go, you know, it's halftime. We go to the, the, you know, to the stand and stuff uh-huh. like that. Uh-huh. You know, get something to eat and everything. Jay-Z happened to be there. Oh, Jay-Z I- asked me to pass, he asked me to pass the ketchup. <laughs> I passed the ketchup until Nas gets mad and walk the fuck off. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. So I finished, you know, my food. I'm, I grab my food and I go down to my seat where we were sitting at. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting there Nas ain't come back. I was like, well, maybe Nas in the bathroom, but that's a long pee break man next thing i know Nasda left me at the garden (laughs) and i live in jersey right Nas, you're wrong, man. You you know you was wrong that night. I ain't had nothing to do with that beef. And I had to sit up there and get home to Jersey the best way I knew. I had to do something strange for some change, man. <laughs> I'm in the back a limo with six fat girls plucking snicker bites into the biggest girl's mouth trying to get home. <laughs> you're wrong, Nas. You know you was wrong, man. Well, hey. You owe me that one, man. That, that hurt my feelings. And I get home. These heifers come in my house and eat all the damn bacon I was turkey bacon, but they ate it all And smacked my little girl's hand when she tried to get a piece off the table Let me tell you, man, Nas, you know you was wrong, man You're wrong, man
0: Crazy, man you, Hey, maybe maybe you were the inspiration for the name of the song it was, You know, It's, it's halftime, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's when he left me
1: uh, I thought I was in a safe place. You gonna bring that up? Really? Oh. You gonna do me like that? Okay, alright. I, th- I thought I could express my feelings now.
0: You can. It's just me and you on here, dude. Trust me. It ain't, it's just me and you. I got you. Okay.
1: <laughs> okay. You're wrong, Nas, man. You're wrong. <laughs> Crazy. Man. Crazy. Back to the album. Yeah, back to the album. You good? <laughs> i Man. all right
0: all right so that's one love that's one love y'all you got anything more about one love or you good with that one
1: now that you brought it up about the, the halftime thing no I ain't got nothing to say about it, it
0: you don't want to say it though you don't want to say those half when he left you I'm just connecting the dots for the football I couldn't the hold
1: people. it in no more <laughs> 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 Nas knew he was wrong <laughs>
0: oh my god <laughs> I hope he calls into the show so we can settle this once and for all, man. Because obviously this is a this is this is a serious thing for you, man. <laughs> yeah, I,
1: I'm telling you, I can't look at Snicker bars in the store. I, no, listen, I I don't go on into the supermarket and just throw a whole box of Snicker bars on the floor just from that night, man. that's just wrong. <laughs> you're wrong, Nas. You're wrong, man.
0: <laughs> I'm sure he did mean it. I'm sure. I'm sure we can we can settle this once and for all. We we do it on the show together, all three of us. How about that? Yeah, we could do that. Yeah. All right, man. <laughs> Alright, so that's that's one love, y'all. One time for your mind. <laughs> yeah, another large professor, production, extra fee, one time for your mind. This right, right. track here. Not one of my favorites. Not one of my favorites, if you hear It's a perfect, it's, it's it's perfection. The album, one through 10. Not one right. of my favorites, but it does have one of my favorite lines. Honey dark drinker, represent the thinker. My pen rides the paper, it even has blinkers. Did you hear that, John?
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir, but you can run that back. You can rewind my selector. <laughs> he said, Heine Dark Drinker.
0: Um. I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Nas has been, you know, public about his affection for, for Heineken Dark, right? Heineken Dark Drinker represent the thinker. Talking about himself again. My pen rides the paper. It even has blinkers. who come I on, mean, man. Just pause for a second and think about that. Yeah, man. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, man. It's an incredibly deep line right there. I mean, Nas, he, he always seems to come back to the process. You know, regardless of what he's talking about, he always seems to, at least you know, on every track he does, he refers back to the process of sitting down, thinking, putting pen to paper to to, to write. You know, and um, I mean, that's, that's a poet. That's what a poet does, man. He, you know... He takes in his environment and he transfers that to paper, and he talks about that on every one of his tracks. He's he's technical about it, you know. Right, right. And he just shows and how much you know how much respect he has for that,
2: even even back then at 19. No doubt, mm-hmm. no doubt. Um, it's it's to me this is this is this is one of those tracks, man. That you know what I mean. You can you can definitely throw on, and at any point in this track, it's going to draw you in. You know what I mean? Because he has so many different verses laced with so many different things from Muslims to Queen Bridge to, you know, he's talking about at at the very end, he's talking about he's so ill. You know, to use a word from back in '94. You know what I mean? That he's so ill mm-hmm. that he's that he's gonna put the Mac 11 and attack a reverend. Mm-hmm. I contact 11 Ls and Max in heaven. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you know, but he starts that whole he starts that little piece off with my brain is incarcerated. Yeah. And basically, what he's saying is he's he's held prisoner by his own talents. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because he he can't escape it. His talent is so deep in him, he can't escape it, so he has to utilize it in order to make money, in order to understand himself better. You know, otherwise, he's just going to be locked in that cage. Like he said, you know, on another one of his tracks, he was 9, 10 years old afraid to grab the mic because he didn't un- he didn't think the people would understand what he was going to say. Yeah. Now imagine you're that person and mm-hmm. you can't get a word out mm-hmm. because you don't think people are going to respect, understand, appreciate whatever adjective adverb you want to throw on top of there so you just got to sit silent. Or, my brain is or my brain is incarcerated.
0: Right. Or to know at that young age you know how talented you are, to know to realize what your potential is at that young of an age, man. You know?
2: No doubt, no doubt.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I
2: mean. Yeah, man. Yeah. So I mean and, he, and how does he hit the outro? Kick that shit for the projects. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's how that's how he leaves you. Yeah, man. You that, know what I mean? That's that One typical. time for your mind. Yeah.
0: yeah. Quintessential. I mean, typical, you know, nah smooth delivery that we come to expect, you know, regardless if he's talking about that gangster ship, you know, that was popular back then in the nineties. You remember when this album came out, what was out back then?
2: Oh, yeah, oh, yeah,
0: yeah back oh, in the yeah. 90s, but you know, so he's got that same smooth delivery, whether he's talking about that gangster shit or that conscious, you know, rise above rap that he's also known for. So, right, no doubt, typical non no delivery on this one, man. So, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So, I'm good on this track.
1: This one here right.
0: represents another primo production. This is the ultimate Queensbridge anthem, right here. There'll never be another one like this. This is Queensbridge from. From the first bar to the last, you know this is their anthem. <laughs> so, you know, being from Jersey, you know this is this is you know I definitely have a lot of respect for for this. You know he I, did he I, he did this for them.
1: Definitely, definitely.
0: You know what I mean? I mean he 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 basically introduces the world the Queensbridge. I mean they weren't really known, they weren't really on the map per se back then in '93 '94, but they they were after this record. I mean people knew who Queensbridge was back then after they heard this. I mean he said you know he said he said shit is real and any day could be your last in the jungle Mm -hmm. getting murdered on the humble i mean (laughs) he told you how it was back then to be familiar
1: yeah that Mm -hmm. definitely you know what i say um i can say this it was created in the south in the in the bronx Mm -hmm. and then you know mc shan came out with the bridge Mm -hmm. and then you know, that was embroiled in a little turmoil of who we actually created or whatever. It didn't matter. Mm-hmm. But because it was it was our passion, it was our genre, it was our thing right. at that time that mm-hmm. we had. And then you go to, you shoot from all of that, you go to where... Dudes from Queens actually took it over, and it was the dudes from Queens that made it worldwide. Run D.M.C. made it worldwide. Russell Simmons made it worldwide. Yeah, Death Jam yeah. yeah. made it worldwide. LL straight from Queens, Hollis Queens right. made it worldwide. Jamaica mm-hmm. Queens, you know, all all of the, all the Queens, the Queens area, mm-hmm. pretty made uh, what's it uh, St. Albans, Queens, yeah. all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. They they all made it big, and then. It started coming back to spread part, you know, all parts of New York. Mm-hmm. And then you got Nas that comes back later on and says, yo, Queens Bridge. So it was already out there. It was already there. Mm-hmm. But people forgot. They forgot where it came from. They remember the battle between, you know, MC Shan, Molly Mall and uh and uh, KRS1 and BDP. Mm-hmm. They remember that. Mm-hmm. People forgot that it was two, two rappers from Queens DJ. One older brother, Russell, and Rick Rubin, who sent this thing worldwide and made it what it is now. They took Def Jam to a different level, mm-hmm. and then that actually opened it up for everybody else. You had, you know, Curtis Blow, you, you know, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, all of those cats, LL, everybody that was down with all of that, mm-hmm. they made that big, and that was Queens back then. Mm-hmm. And then you had. It come back to New York and everybody was doing their part. And then Nas comes back out with Queens again. Yeah. and Unless you know, Queens never left the map. Right. We're still here. Mm-hmm. It's Queens Bridge. Mm-hmm. We, we never left. Right. So that to me, for him coming back with Represent Represent, was, was really, you know, something to me to say, listen, I we ain't leave. We still here. We've been here. Yeah. We the originators that made it worldwide. So you know, let's keep it as it is. We made it worldwide. Let's keep it as it is and, and keep it all moving it. You know, rap is still here. You know, hip hop is still here. And this is what I got to spit and let you know about my area. Yeah,
0: he, he blew the door off the hinges with this song. Blew it yeah. off the hinges. This is the... It's, it's been the Queen's anthem ever since. You know, raps with a razor, keep it under my tongue. The school dropout. Never liked that shit from day one.
1: Yeah, and just yeah. the fact that this dude sits up here this is the, 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 quintessential corner, corner song. Yeah. This is what it is when you know you and your dudes is on the corner drinking 40s smoking weed. hmm Not, not that I was. hmm You know, I was in class. Mm-hmm. Not, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was on the corner Doing Mama If you hear this I was not <laughs> hey, that, <laughs> man, I, anyway. I
0: keep telling you Too late You're on tape already
1: man. <laughs> <laughs> Well regardless dog You're on the corner Drinking beers mm-hmm. You're doing your thing mm-hmm. And this is pretty much what that represented to me yes. with Nas letting you know, like, from the corner, the corner dude song. That's, that's pretty much what it is. It yes. lets you know, yes. listen, guzzling beers, mm-hmm. you know, we all stare at the out-of-towners, they better break north or we're gonna get the four-pounders. Yeah, a lot of people didn't know what the four-pounders was, mm-hmm. and yes, sit up there and understand that. If you weren't from that era, you mm-hmm. weren't from the times that you, you had no kind of hood in you, most people is like, what the, what's a four pounder? Mm-hmm. I, you know, understand. You know, it's, I, right now I call it the donut maker. Cause I'll glaze you. I, <laughs> I open you up with that thing if, you, if I got to break him, I keep my door unlocked so you could break in. So I go boom. <clears throat> <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you know what though? That was the beauty of this album, though, man. I mean, he he painted this picture of where he was from so vividly. I mean, he brought everybody into it, you know. So, you know, people that weren't necessarily from, you know, Queensbridge or, or didn't know anything about that life or didn't know anything about the culture, you know, they could listen to this album and they could, you know, start analyzing and start understanding, you know, where where he was from and, and what was his motivation to make something, like, to make this masterpiece, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, most definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's just... It was just so much in this one song that he he, he let you know. Like, I mean, even, like you said, Nas is a rebel of a street corner. Mm-hmm. You sat up there, as I just said, it's the street corner song. It's the, it's the street corner dude's anthem. That's, that's pretty much what it was. Yeah,
0: agree. Agree 100%. It definitely, uh, it was an instant classic back then. Instant, instant classic. Yeah. Oh right. yeah! All right, John. Here we go. Last, last track on the Does it have to be the last one? It has to be the. I mean, it has to be the last one. He went back to Large Professor on this one. It ain't hard. Oh, of to course tell. he did. This is one of my favorite mm-hmm. tracks on the whole album. I, I know I keep saying that. You know what I mean? Ah, it's all good. Yeah, I mean, hit the earth like a comet invasion. Nas is like the Afrocentric Asian, half man, half amazing. You know what I mean? I mean he's. I don't know what to say, <laughs> you know. it's just, you know, the the introduction? You know, the way he keeps, you know, repping himself. It doesn't end from track one to ten. I mean, by the time you get to this particular track, you know, everybody knows who Nas is.
2: Oh my goodness, yeah. You know, I can. He and he sums it up at in verse three with the very first line. He gives you the deer in headlights. What he said? He's like, y'all, y'all, deer in headlights on me. <laughs> this rhythmic explosion. Is what your frame of mind has chosen. I'll leave your brain stimulated. Niggas is frozen. Frozen. You're you're dead. You're deer in headlights. You're deer. I done took you through from track one all the way to track ten, and you still can't believe what you just heard. You're frozen. Yeah. You're straight frozen. Yeah. That's one of my you favorite lines, I mean? too along with then Oh speech. yeah. He says, Speak with
0: criminal slang. Begin. Yeah, yeah. Begin like a violin. End like mm-hmm. Leviathan. It's deep, but well, let me try again. I like. I know you didn't just hear what I said, you know. Exactly. Let me, let me exactly. try this
2: again. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. See, this is, this is where CDs yeah. give, or this is where tapes, to have a tape of somebody versus a CD. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because a tape, you can rewind it to the exact part. You know, you got the little tape counter there, you know what I mean? I may be getting a little bit too old school for some of you cats out there listening, but uh, there would just be a little tape counter as your tape will play your cassette tape. And because I'm telling you right now, when I first heard this, I played that one line over and over and over again because I had to get it. Mm-hmm. I had to get it. I was like, what did he say? Leviathan?
0: Yeah.
2: What did he say? I mean, I had to keep running it back, running it back, running it back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because he's always about stimulating your mind of, of the people who's out there consuming his product. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So when you sit there and you hear that right there, niggas is frozen. Mm-hmm. You know what happens when you freeze in the streets? You get deaded. It's just that simple, especially when you're messing around in the streets. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So he's basically telling you I done froze the whole game right now. People can't believe what I just did. Like I said, when we opened it up, straight deer and headlights. Mm-hmm.
0: There's that lesson again. In the end, yeah. my poetry's deep. I never fail. Niles raps be locked in a cell. It ain't hard to tell. Ooh. Come on. Come on, yeah, man. That's, that's just dangerous. And, that's you know, real dangerous. Yeah, and he, you know, he's again, you know, showing you his intelligence and respect for the art form. He's calling it what it is. It's poetry.
2: No doubt. It's poetry. No doubt. One hundred percent, man. And, and like I said, you know, I really, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm extremely, you know, remorseful that I didn't get a chance to really rock this in '94 when it first came out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To in order to fill it, because you know I can fill it now but to really feel it back then, mm-hmm. you know when it when it first dropped with to get it with the buzz and to get it with everybody else was getting it to be able to sit down and talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Instead of sitting there like ah, he eyed, you know what I mean? But he ain't all that he eyed, you know, cuz I was passing over it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But just like great works of art, mm-hmm. they stand the test of time. Stand the test of you time. Know what I mean? Yeah. They stand the test of time and eventually you'll catch up to it. Mm-hmm. So he dropped it in '94, and I ended up catching up to it around about '99, 2000. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah.
0: Now, nah, ain't nothing wrong with that. I mean, there's there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Man. And that's why we do this. You know, that's why we do this. These album reviews, we start with great albums like this to dissect them. You know, to you know, to reinvigorate them, to reintroduce them. You know, and give them the respect, let them stand up like you know, like they should be. You know. Uh, right, remember, remember right. right at the beginning of this review, we talked about the album title Ilmatic. right? How pretty much anybody outside of Queensbridge was like, what the hell does that mean, you know? And so no you go to this track, this is where he tells you what it means, you know, I'm not sure, you know, I know I didn't catch it at first, you know, but he said, I kick a skill like Shaquille holds a pill. Vocab spills, I'm ill plus Matic. I mean, he just told you right there what Illmatic means, you know, I'm ill, I'm right. the best. Ilmatic, you know, I'm the best of the best. Shaquille at the time in 94 was... He was with the Magic still, right? Yeah, I mean... It was, it was him and Little Penny. <laughs> him and Little Penny. I mean, Shaq, yeah, was, yeah. there was no stopping him. I mean, he was unstoppable. There was no stopping him.
2: Yeah. So oh, yeah. He, yeah, oh, yeah, so
0: he's comparing himself to Shaq. He's the best of the best, Ilmatic.
3: loot up, parties I shoot up, Nasa analyze, drop a jewel, inhale from the L, school of full Well. you feel it like grill, it ain't hard to tell, I kick a skill like Shaquille holds a pill, vocabulary spills, I'm ill, plasmatic, I freak beat, slam it like iron Sheik. jam like a tech with correct techniques, so analyze me, surprise me, but can't magmatize me, scanning while you're planning ways to sabotage me, I'll even froze like heroin in your nose, Nasa rock well, it ain't hard to tell. chosen. Stimulated, niggas is frozen Speak with criminal slang Begin like a violin End like Navaya Thin is deep Well let me try again Wisdom be leaking out My breakthrough truth I dominate break loops Giving Mike's ministry cycles Streets disciple I rock beats this mega trifle And groove even smoother Than moves by Villanova You're still a soldier I'm like Stone and Cobra Packing like a roster In the weed spot Vocals are squeezed some CZs drop. Though they need not to sneak My poetry's deep I never fell. Nas's rap Should be locked in a cell It ain't hard to tell
1: As always, you know, we we end the day with uh, our outros and let you know, you know, our shout-outs and and give back to the people that have listened to us or supporting us and those that we're thinking about and also leave you with a positive message to go on throughout your day to help you possibly survive the day. So with that being said, anybody want to say anything? John or, you know, Scott, go ahead.
0: Well, you know, first things first, I'd like to... You know, my only shout-out for today would be to my Aunt Sue. You know, I know we said way back when that we weren't going to necessarily get into our personal lives and things of that nature, but, you know, my Aunt Susan, she has been my biggest fan since, you know, since I can remember remembering anything. And um, she's always the first one to to like or to comment on anything that I post on, on social media. She's always there with a positive comment, you know, when I think that, you know, something might not be good enough. So I'd like to give my Aunt Sue a shout-out. Definitely.
2: I would be remiss if we ended this podcast without me giving some thanks to a couple people who I really, you know, want to just say, again, thank you to. One is you. You know, you put the Light podcast together. You brought me aboard on it. And you allowed me to express my love for hip-hop. You know what I mean? One of the tracks that I, from Jay-Z that I really love, and we talked about it briefly, mm-hmm. is Forever Young. Because right. one of the things that he says in that track is, you know, something about being immortal, putting something down that will live beyond your earthly body. And that's what we're able to do through this podcast. This podcast will always exist. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? After we put it out there and everybody starts downloading it, hint, 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 tell your friends. <laughs> but, uh, you, know, once, you know, this is going to live forever. So thank you for allowing me to touch immortality, even if it's only for a moment. Uh, the the next person I want to shout out is not a person. It's a group of people, and that's my family, uh, because without them, without their support and allowing me the time and energy to put into this podcast, I wouldn't be able to do it. So, you know, I want to give them a lot of love. You know, my entire family, because they are supporting me, and I know they're all going to download it, and they're all going to bug all their friends to download it. So, if you're a friend of anybody in my family, please forgive them because they're trying to help me out. So definitely, but I just want to say thank you to you and to my family for allowing me to do something that allows me to give a little bit to an art form that I really love and appreciate.
1: All right, all right. Mm-hmm. And my thing is, I'd like to uh, thank a couple people, you know, uh, well, a couple businesses that uh, have done some favors for me. Uh, and I'll tell you right now, One dude, Dave, at uh, Joe's Heating and Cooling Service. That's uh, 408 U.S. Highway Route uh, 206 South, Newton, New Jersey. I give them the utmost credit to know what they're doing. And my house, uh, the the heating broke last year. And my man came in and fixed everything real quick. So I give him him respect. uh, Dave Smith, Joe's Heating and Cooling Service, 408 U.S. Highway 206 South, uh, Newton, New Jersey. And to hook my tires up, I go to New Jersey Discount Tire 2, 55 Route 206 in Stanhope, New Jersey. Give my man Angelo a call, let him know Detron sent you. You He should hook you up real good, alright? And just to leave the day out with a positive quote, I just want to sit up there and tell you, don't think about what may be wrong or go wrong. Think about what could go right. If you sit up here and think positive, for always positive things to happen. So you continue with that on your day, think positive, and have a great day. Thanks for listening.